Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And our final show for the year at the Grand Final Review show, obviously last week, and as explained before, uh, our award show, the fifths, uh, where we name our own team of the year and obviously some other awards as well, plus our season reviews. We're going to condense them into one just like we did last year. Saves a lot of uh, messing around and time, and we're going to have a quick review of the World Cup at the end as well, Boxhead. Preview of the World Cup, yep. Yep, not yep. Uh, anything too in-depth. Obviously, the squads, uh, some are still being named, some are only rolling in, but we'll look at the pools, who's going to come out, who we think's going to Well, there's to not too much to really look at, is there, until the final four, I suppose. So. Yeah, and we're not going to go. Well, probably final two now that everything that's happened to the Kiwis, but yep. it looks like it's going to be Australia and England, but probably Tonga and New Zealand will be the other two, but we'll chat about that later. Yeah, well, uh, we'll do the awards first, and anyone's listened before, the fifths, uh, we don't do things the same as everybody else. They do the... The Daly M's and everything before the finals, we take in the whole season. It's completely, you know, uh, subjective to what we think as individuals. Uh, I've said it a million times before. Anyone with your little blow-ups, you know, keep your opinions to yourself. Well, I'll just post your own team. Exactly. That's the whole thing. That's easy. What you've seen for the whole year. Always happy to interpretation. We're never the same either. Um, and, yeah, we've got some other awards as well. And then we'll move through all 16 teams. We also do that differently. We go through last through the first as far as they were eliminated in the finals. Yeah, and that's how it should be. And that's the best way to do things. And, uh, yeah, then the World Cup review. But our awards, uh, we'll go through all the other random awards before we actually name our teams of the year. But our first award, and I'm pretty sure we'd agree on this one, our Rep Player of the Year. Yeah, Gagai. Yeah, well, he didn't play for Australia, but his influence during Origin, the tackle breaks, the yardage work, he was absolutely outstanding. So it would have been easy to pick Cameron Smith, who played both Australia and Origin, but Dan Gagai, you have to admit, that Origin. Well, I'm pretty sure he wasn't man of the match in the test, Smith. I think Gillette was man of the match in the test. Yeah, but Gagai, his Origin influence the last two years has been absolutely huge. So yeah. uh, he's our fifth winner for the uh, rep player of the year. Most improved. I had Clint Gutherson as my most improved player. I think uh, in recent years he's sort of been a fringe player, but this year he had a huge influence on the Eels, and I think they could have gone well a lot further uh, with him in the side. Yeah, well, I'm not going to argue that. Fullback, centre, winger, all these positions. He was the uh, junior Kangaroos and New South Wales fullback coming to the grades, but developed into a massive, massive part of the team this year. Brad Arthur said no one trade hard, uh, harder than him, and he's his first picked every week, and until that ACL struck him down, he was having a huge year. And- well, I remember... The first year that he came to the club, uh, I went to the f- opening game. I think it wasn't la- uh, this season, maybe the season before, and the Parramatta fans were laughing at him, like wanted him off the field, said, oh, he's terrible, and this is with all the, the members, Category A members, and you know now he's a cult hero. So. Well, a hard way to start when you've come off uh, his manly debut where he blew his ACL. So, that was against Parramatta. Uh, well. Rough times, but he obviously found his way there, and he won the Proven Summons, so that probably sums up his you know, fan favourite throughout the competition. But Yeah, I forgot that, actually. He won yeah, he won Summons. that one. Uh, my most improved, probably one of the easier ones to pick, I went Michael Morgan. Uh, I know he was already a rep player, but the role he had to take on 
when Jonathan Thurston obviously got injured, the development in such a short period of time and a lot of the little boxes he ticked, his control, his kicking game, uh, decision-making, even his just his defence all around. Uh, Michael Morgan was just out of sight this year, so he's my most improved. Rookie of the year. Uh, Kotrick. I think we yeah. both went Kotrick. So. Uh, you know, people mentioned Harrow and Ira. I saw a lot of Panther well, fans. I, I did. Blow, I, I, blowing I up at it, but Edwards this, Edwards no. that. Well, you're going to look at the whole year. Well, you compare Edwards to Kotrick, it's a no contest. Kotrick wins, and then Kotrick played more games. But let's also class it this way. This kid is literally one. He's the youngest of all the contenders. He played a full season. He's he was top five in tackle breaks. He scored a shitload of tries. He was good in yardage. He's yeah. a freak, and he's a man in a boy's body. And the scary part is he's actually a fullback. I'm pretty sure so, we we tipped earlier in the year that he'd be... We tipped for two years that he was going to be coming in, but yeah. this is a child playing with men, and he was more than adequate. Well, he's not a, so, yeah. um, in age, he's a child, not in physicality. Not going it. forward, what do they do? We're not sure. Brad Abbey reported to be moving to Canberra, and White and Weiss solid at the back, not the ball-playing skills. I don't think Kotrick really possesses that either, but his best spot is fullback. so 100% there's some decisions to be made moving forward. But Nick Kotrick, we agree. Uh, our super sub, I'm pretty sure we're going to agree on this one. Yeah, Nelson. Yeah, Nelson is Safa Solomon. Nobody else, again, has an oak tree that decided to unroot itself in the forest and play first grade on their bench. Uh, every time he came on, he scored tries, broke tackles. He, he was a force to be reckoned with when he came off the bench. Two years ago, uh, I thought he was probably a liability coming off the bench. He had a lot of errors. He was slow. His defense isn't real good. It probably still isn't as good as it could be, his defense, but... He loves yeah, to go low. I've said to, um, it to you a million times. It really bothers me. He's got this technique where he loves to chop people at the legs for someone who is two metres tall. He's probably overtaken the Burgess boys as that impact player. You know, it was for a long time there, it was George Burgess, wasn't it? Uh, I guess Fafita had a little bit of a time there where he was coming off the bench, but look, it looks to be Nelson yeah, Sofa Solomon. Yeah, Vaughn doing nice that before niche. he went to the Dragons. There's a lot of guys that have kind of played that role. Yeah. Um, Seguiara did a couple of years ago for Penrith. A lot of people tend to have a bench player, but. What a thing when you got McLean, who's now an Australian front rower, Jesse Bromwich, who's obviously a New Zealand front rower, Glasby, who ended up playing Origin, but you've got Nelson, yeah. who's 20 years old, coming off the bench for you. Um, he was outstanding off the bench this year, so super sub, we agree. Best coach, this doesn't even need to be discussed. Bellamy, move on. It's Craig Bellamy. <laughs> Too easy. Worst coach. I had Steve Kearney, yep. because I think he sucked at Parramatta, and with that side that he had this year... You know, I know we identified that the forwards were uh, yeah. a little bit lacking, but he had spine. Mate, he, had, he had an all-star spine, and they didn't even make a blip. They never look like making the finals, really. Well, did we we touch... always say that during Origin they look like they're going to make it, but they didn't even make a run really during Origin this year. How many times have we spoke about it? You've done the apprenticeship under possibly the two best coaches since I've been alive in Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy. You're a great player. You've done well on the international scene, but he's had all the grounding possible you could have had to be successful. He's got all these Kiwi players that he's successful with. Yes, questionable in a few forwards, but high completion rates don't equal wins. He didn't figure that out at Parramatta. He recruited awkwardly uh, when we talked about Sandow, a backyard player, and he wanted to play Melbourne-style football, and he's gone over there. Tackle breaks, offloads, all those things are down. Completion rates are up, and what did they do? They did nothing. Yep. So he ain't going to do nothing. Steve Kearney needs to take a good look in the mirror with his tactics, and I think let the boys play some football. So That'd be nice. It'd uh, be nice to watch a team that looks nothing like Melbourne, actually play a different style to Melbourne. Well, more bothering like, seeing, again, he's the New Zealand coach and he had great oh, success yeah. there that he doesn't play similar that way. They to... should be the team that you want to turn on and watch every week and they're not they're the be. team I want to turn off every week. Very much so. Well, my worst coach, and things finally came to an end, it was Des Hasler. Um, <laughs> it finally got to the point where he did miss the finals, the salary cap drama, the back end of deals. He refused to sway away from his tactics and I rip on the attack all the time. They had the worst attack in the competition this season by a country mile. So, 
Um, Des, like I said, it's nothing personal with anything we do on this show with players or coaches. I think he takes a year off and he refreshes. He can do great things. He's won competitions. He's made grand finals. But this stubbornness and refusal to change in the end, to me, has cost him his job. Yeah. So he's got to reflect and uh, you know change a few things up. But this year was just awful. And it ended as, uh, in tears, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, underrated player for you? Uh, Blake Green. I think the influence he had at Melbourne, Cameron Munster was always going to slide in and do a, a good job there. But you look at Manly last year and you look at Manly this year, uh, and there's rumours, well, I'm hearing it's solid as a rock that he's going to be going to the Warriors. Um, so he's going to be a big loss to Manly. I, I think wherever he's gone uh, since he's been back from the Super League and when he was in Super League, Wigan were winning competitions. Wigan now have slid well down the ladder without him and everywhere he's gone here, that club has risen up the ladder. Well, I can confirm your thoughts and everything we've heard from yourself, gossip beforehand. I worked with somebody who played at power with him who literally saw him the other day and he confirmed it himself. Yeah. All he's waiting on is for what Manly are doing. Manly won't let him go unless they get a replacement. If they do get Moylan, which is now being said it's not happening, the Warriors deal is there. So it's literally just waiting for Manly to either say yes or no. Mm. Um, he may either be there again or he'll be going to the Warriors. But the sticking point is what you said a couple of weeks back. He obviously wants extra years. They're happy with him, but they don't want to extend him. Well, but more the Warriors money, deal, more years. Yeah, it's no brainer. The Warriors deal is there, but he's waiting on what Manly do. Mm. Uh, my underrated, I was going to say Dale Finucane, but honestly, after the last couple of years, you can't really say he's underrated anymore. Uh, I'm going to go Mitchell Barnett. I called a couple of years ago that he was a nutbag who was going to be the best player in New South Wales Cup, and a lot of the people that I commentate with laughed at me. He got New South Wales Cup Player of the Year, and since he's been at Newcastle, I... I love the bloke. I reckon he's got rep football qualities. And uh, in, a, in a bad situation, I think he's been a great player the last two years. And I think he had another outstanding year this year. Barring his injury when he came back, he finished the year very strong again. So Mitch Barnett, for me, very underrated. Toughest player. Hang on. Did we go overrated? Oh, overrated. Sorry, my bad. Overrated. Well, who you got? Jared Hayne. Well, I think that's very obvious. I don't think a lot of people had too many raps on him this year, but the fact that Laurie Daly and the New South Wales selectors... Well, we're paying him $1.3 million. Oh, I'm not, so he's not disagreeing. Not disagreeing at all. Um, I think we've spoken around that much this year. We don't need to say much more about no, Gary Hayne, but Move on. My overrated player, and I think plenty of people, uh, and you'd agree with me here, Aaron Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, he does a solid job. He tries every week. I get all that, but the fact that he won properly at the Daly M's is a joke, and said it myself, you take it with a grain of salt because it's voted on by the journos, but everybody knows there was at least six or seven other guys that were better. Um, numbers don't tell you the full story. Like, tell all those numbers do because there's also quality in the quantity. For Woods, uh, you know, it's all quantity a lot of the time. He doesn't have a great impact on games. And again, still not many people pick on the fact that he's just such a lazy shit around the ruck and does some, you know, terrible work around there for me. Um, well, there's going to be some Bulldogs fans. But... The fact Wanting that, to see him really deliver next year. So pressure's going to be on Woods next well, year. Let's frame it this way. Bad start to the year. Ordinary during Origin. He finished, well, they hijacked the season. He finished, him, yeah. Tedesco, and Moses hijacked the Tigers' season. Yeah. But he was ordinary for half the season. Bad during Origin. Finished the year okay. Then started saying, oh, I'm kind of regretting what I've done. And then he didn't make the, the merit squad. Everything was against him. Next minute, he's the first prop pick for Australia. And it's a joke. I'm a bit disappointed, don't want to go too much on that, yeah, that Mal Meninga said that incumbency wouldn't overtake form this season. But you look at some of the guys that got picked, that's a lie. Hmm. Um, so that's my most overrated well, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I know we're probably both sort of leaning towards the, the Vaughan angle, but no, I'd look at, Gillard, I'd Tapio, look at, um, well, look at, look at Origin. 
Jared Wallace outplayed Aaron Woods. That's another one who didn't get any votes like at all, which is why the Daly M's a joke. You know, and look, I don't think he should have been prop of the year, and he's not in my team of the no, year, Jared, but Jared Wallace, but I think he was better than Aaron Woods, yeah. is my point. I'm not complaining about that. Mm. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, I think, again, I just don't think he's a rep player. Mm-hmm. I've said it long. I think he's a good footballer. But well, same as Fafita. I can make the same argument about Fafita. Not a rep player to my eyes, but your toughest player. Uh, Appy Coruscant. I think he plays well above his weight every week, uh, and he... A player that really improved this year and impressed me. Yeah, well, I had similar, but then I got to the Cowboys guys that made the finals, and there were so many of them, it was hard to pick one out. But if I had to pick one, I'm probably going to go Scott Bolton because he got needled for half the year. He hates needles. He had to really step up. They lost Matt Scott, uh, obviously gone. Tarmow left this year, and they didn't really have a replacement. He had to do a huge job. But to go over half the season, get multiple needles, especially if you're not a, a, a fan, playing in the hardest position, and he was borderline getting an origin call up. I think uh, he's done very, very well to push on and, his team obviously went on that dream run to the finals. Yeah. Low Asiata, there were so many guys in their team that were playing with, you know, broken bones and getting needle every week. It, it, it was hard to pick. Uh, dirtiest player, I think there's two guys that stand out, and I think we've both picked one each. i got Adam Blair. Yeah. No, no brainer. I, I had Adam Blair and Josh Maguire written here, but if you're going to give it to one, I'd be picking Adam Blair as well. Well, um, capped off by what he was doing to Cronk in that last game. There's nothing tough about it at all, but I, I do need to say dirty in the... The rules pretty much allow that now. Like, we're not hard enough on, on that sort of hit. Like, he should have got suspended for that hit if we're serious about uh, protecting playmakers yeah, getting hit in kickers. the back. Yeah, they should be suspended for that sort of stuff. And some of the work he does on the ground, on arms and facials and elbows and legs and all that sort of stuff, I don't rate it. Yeah, um, I'm not disagreeing with it at all. And the, the, the sad part is that's the strength of his game. Being an intimidator, but it's dirty intimidating. No, but you it's watch not... him in Melbourne. I don't think he used to be as bad no, in Melbourne. But I honestly think that all the things that were good about him at Melbourne died when he went to the Tigers, and they've got worse onwards. He used yeah. to actually be, I think, a bit bigger, and he played a prop for us, and he had good footwork, and he had a bump, but he, he doesn't really seem to possess many of those things anymore. The year they played in the grand final, Brisbane, oh, he was really good that year. I think when we were there, when we played Paro, he was still outstanding. His mm. whole time in Melbourne was brilliant, but... I just yeah feel that he's slowly but surely going No, I mean, I mean when he was at Brisbane in 2015. I, oh, th- yeah. I thought he had a good year that His year. first year was good. I'm, yeah. I agree with you. Uh, comeback player, I think this is unanimous. Billy Slater. Who was your dirtiest? Oh, dirtiest player? I said the same, Adam Blair. You oh, could have given Blair. to one of those two, but I think they the two. Who was the other one? Josh McGuire or him. Okay. I think yeah, both uh, get the man on, but Adam Blair. Certainly. Yeah, Slater, comeback player of the year. What else can you say? He's the best fullback I've seen uh, since I've been alive, and apparently to most people, the only one they're comparing him to is uh, the great Daily Messenger, isn't it? And God Please. knows how long ago that was, but Billy Slater, most finals tries ever, second all-time on the list now, two years out. Everyone said it was done and dusted. I was one of well, the ones that thought well, I didn't. that he may have been finished off, and he's come back. He's won the Clive Churchill. Because uh, no one works harder than those guys down but, there, and that's why he came back. The other thing is also the evolution. He is now as good a ball player as he's an attacking threat. And he's a smart distributor at the back. He's the best at organising his defence. He's the most vocal fullback in the comp. He ticks more boxes than anybody. I've, well, I've watched footy for slightly longer than you. Like, So I sort of got a little bit of the older generation, but I've never seen a player as good as Slater. At 34 years old as well to be doing what he's done this never, year. Never, ever, ever, ever seen a player as good as him. Amazing. But uh, fallen player. Josh Hodgson. Bad Last year, year I, I thought he should have won the Daly M or gone very close to winning the Daly M. Uh, and I was happy with Cronk and Tamalolo winning it, but I expected him to be a lot closer in voting. I think everyone agreed with the impact that he had on Canberra, uh, that he was a little bit unlucky not to finish up higher. But this year he was basically MIA. Uh, he had minimal impact, uh, and he was really disappointing for me. Yep. 
Uh, I was trying to think of a bigger name, and you've probably trumped me there, but I was more trying to pick out somebody that went from playing Origin last year and, again, hijacked a few years of the Tigers, speaking of that history, and is now this year probably found a rock bottom, and the murmurs are that the club now wants him out, which is Robbie Farr. Mm. Um, he went there. They were willing to pick up the big contract. It took him long enough to figure out for some reason. I think it was another reason. Maguire lost his job that Cook was the better option. I think uh, he's just... It's it's all caught up with him. He's yeah. not, he can't get out of dummy half anymore. He runs short sides. I don't think he's kicking games. All the things that used to make Robbie Farrow a good footballer, as well as all the off-field stuff. Uh, I don't think he's even close to a shadow of what he was. And I'm not surprised that they're trying to offload that contract. But at the same time, I thought they were stupid enough to pick it up in the first place. So... Uh, Robbie Farrar, closely followed by Isaac Luke, who was another one that mm. I was considering. He was but, really poor. Uh, you know, two years ago. He's unfit, Isaac Luke. When he, he left he also Souths. Looks, he looks done. He just he, looks gone. When he left Souths, he was right up there at the pinnacle as far as nines was concerned. In the last two years, it's... Yeah, but it shows you how you get handcuffed to players. You know, like you, you handcuff Luke and the Burgess boys together and you break that partnership and they both have really regressed. Sam, Ben Teo, all those guys. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I think when Cook was there, I said at the back end of the year, compared to Farrah, it makes those guys better because yeah, he gets over the advantage while he plays out. But uh, yeah, Robbie Farrah, my fallen player. But Pino of the year, who you got? I got Andrew Fafita. Like this week, probably capped it off, but the stuff during Origin, the stuff dating back to earlier this year. It's been a lot. Just, yeah, I, I've had enough of him. I, I don't know, you just give people chances and chances and chances. Just for me, like, no, nah, move on from him. He should never be picked in the green and gold jersey again because he's totally disrespected that by the way he's acted. And Cooper Cronk's come out this week and basically said that, so I'm not going to rehash what he's had to say. No, nah, but, but he framed it in the correct manner that he should have yeah. done it before everything he knew, which Tamalolo did do, for as much as everyone's arguing. Tamalolo let the coaching staff of New uh, Zealand know beforehand, yeah. which is... It doesn't matter because Tamalolo doesn't really have form apart from throwing eggs, but... Um, <laughs> For feeder, Plenty same as New South Wales. Like, that, that's it. Done. And, and, you know, you go back to the reason why the Sharks, you know, the Sharks played poorly in that game, but the never the, the vision vision that I've got of the of the Sharks season ending is for feeder going the wrong way. But this also sounds across field. again, my ill feeling again now that I love Mal Meninga, but everything he said earlier in the year was a lie, basically. Form and incumbency wouldn't matter. He's picked for feeder and Woods, his first two props, when you've got yeah. Campbell Gillard, who had to get in, off a sniff, Vaughan, who wasn't considered for origin, all the Australian squad, full stop. Uh, Napa, who was in his origin merit squad, who couldn't even get a look in for this slot. Yeah, there's, there's multiple guys I look at. You can't tell me that Napa's form wasn't better than Fafita's during the finals. I just, oh, even the overall year though, and form. I yeah, I'm, yeah, but so what? After the the merit squad was named lot what well, round Woods round eighteen, round nineteen. Squad. So in those six rounds, you're telling me that Fafita outplayed Napa. And the, in the finals. Well, you can't Please, say that Napa's form even was that bad that you got to the point where you're like, well, you know. I'm I don't think it was that like, good, but I no, certainly don't think it was worse than Not Fafita's. to the point where you go, you're out. No. Like it's, yeah. no. And then, like I said, Woods couldn't even make the merit squad. So no, I'm a bit lost with the selections. Yeah, uh, who's yours? Peanut. My peanut, and I think anyone would agree with me, is Tim Simona. Well, um, I, I think that was one that a lot of people would have forgotten about. A lot of people right have forgotten the year, but It's yeah, inexcusable stupid. what he's done, though. But more than anything, forget the... The betting and all the other bits and pieces, it was more the, to me that selling the jerseys that were supposed to go to charities that he was knocking off and keeping the money. Like, you can't get any lower than that. That's, mm-hmm. I'm not even going to go into depth, but simple word, disgusting. Yeah. Um, and people were saying that it's a game of second chances. I don't think he'll ever get a second chance for some of the things that he did. And, yeah. uh, that in particular is just, you can't get any lower than that in my eyes. Uh, your best buyer of the year. 
My best buy is Nathan Brown, easily. Totally agree. Um, you get some honourable mentions. Obviously, Kiri was good, Blake Green, Vaughny. But if you're going to go value for money, and we do have a category for bargain buy, so you might as well... Oh, you've got a different one to me, but I'm going to bring that up right now. My bargain buy was Nathan Brown as well. 150k for what he dished up. He was outstanding. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I had Sean Penson. Yep. As my bargain buy, he played 22 games this year. So they picked for a up. guy that yeah was sort of left on the scrap heap at Canberra, went to the Cowboys and well they footed basically the whole added, bill. Yeah, they added got him for 50k value. and uh, you know he did a good job. Ended up playing the middle and unfortunate end of his season, but well yeah, like any guy that you can pick up off your roster late, well past yeah. the period where you're sorting your roster for and you can run out for you in a grand final. Yeah, you've won. Uh, worst boy. Well. Couldn't yeah. split them. Go. Who'd you uh, have? Robbie Farrah and James Tarmow as far as the pay packets. Uh, I'd say Farrah worse as far as value for money and what they got on the field. I thought Tarmow finished the year okay, but for 700k a piece or whatever the tab was that Souths picked up out of the 900, I mm. thought he was very disappointing. I didn't understand it in the first place. I don't understand how Cook the last few years hasn't been able to get games, but James Tarmow, I said I disagreed with it at the start and I think I was somewhat justified. He had a almost a career-ending neck injury. Had a great year to finish things off, winning that grand final. He was okay last year, but to pay a prop close to $700,000, he's 30 and got a bad neck after he's ticked all the boxes, Australia, New South Wales, and won a grand final. If I'm the Panthers, I would have rather focus on Campbell Gillard, some younger kids, go after a Vaughan, go after a McLean, anybody else. But the fact that I win the dish out so much, um, yeah, his, his overall year wasn't as bad as Robbie Farris, but those two, as far as money spent, were the two standouts for me as far as worst buys right, are concerned. I'm going to go after my own club here. Uh, I've got Dan Sargenson, Joe Greenwood, who... <laughs> well... The Palms. Sargenson's got no toe. Didn't, I don't, I'd love to know how many tackle breaks he had because I didn't see any. Joe Greenwood, no toe, no power. Like, you're picking... Neil Henry, you're picking the wrong players from England to come here. 100%. There's a few there that I look at, like a Luke Gale... Had a terrible game in the grand final, but uh, a, a guy like him who's got a bit of flamboyance, a bit of footy in him, he's the sort of dude that I'd be targeting to come over here and play. There's a certain style of footballer that uh, resonates and goes well in our game. You know, we spoke about Josh Hodgson before. The impact he had on Canberra was that bit of footy, the bit of spark. That's something different than he can add. Well, yeah, Sargentson yeah. and Greenwood both look like reserve graders you, at best. You, you that, they go, would have struggled in under 20s. I was dumbfounded that you bought Sargentson because I've... And I'd seen Sargentson play in I England, and I didn't like. Look, he, he's okay over there. He suits their game because it's 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 wet and it's. But he's too sideways. He, is. he doesn't yeah, have a good yeah, yardage carry. And how many agreed. times and have the, I said on the this other show, one, Daniel Vita? Like, there's three there. Daniel, how many games did he play? Nah, he's got a wrestling. He fucking contract. went to pro wrestling, and we signed him from pro wrestling. Like, and what he's sort going of back a, to pro wrestling? It's a G up. But let's put it this way: how many times on this show, and it's not a knock on their game. How many times have I said most of the outside backs can't cut it here? There's only a handful. There's a few, can. but they're not coming in. There's only a handful that can. They're too busy winning comps. Ryan Hall, the Rannells, Atkins, and they're not coming in. There's a few good young centers there now at Leeds as well. That's so. the outlier that I've brought up a million times. And again, Sargent's and a guy who crab shuffles across the field, and they wonder why he failed. Greenwood, I'd never even heard of. But again, there's guys like Mike McGeekin who I'm a big fan of. They're the kind of players you should bring out here, like your Whiteheads, etc. Your Gareth Ellis's guys that play tough, play straight, run nice lines, have a bit of footy in them. Tell you about that. The lock for. Leeds went really well in that grand final. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't go. think of his name, but... Your own club. Marano is about the only team I support that ever wins. Yep. Uh, overachieving team. I'll go first here. It's pretty obvious. I've got the Cowboys, even though we had high expectations, given 
the injury toll, the origin influence, the amount of guys that were playing busted, needle up at the back end of the year. The fact they made the grand final was absolutely massive. Well, for me, it would be the two teams I left out of the eight that I got wrong. They were the Eels and the Seagulls, and the Eels uh, finished a little bit further up uh, in terms of the season, and I I thought they had the potential to play in the grand final. They, they beat the Cowboys, I think. I said it, that they go on and beat the Roosters, and they couldn't manage to beat the Cowboys. So, And the Cowboys sort of proved that theory right by then going on and beating the Roosters. Yeah. Um, they were my overachieving team. They, especially on the back of what happened to them last year, uh, I thought with the few little losses that they had to make um, or had to have on the back of that, they'd struggle. But the guys they brought in, like in Nathan Browns and, and, and the like, and obviously Mitchell getting Mitchell Moses when they did and having him play the way he did had a big impact on where they finished. But yeah. mm, they were under, my overachievers. Under, uh, sorry, yeah. Underachieving team. I went the Raiders. Uh, compared to someone like a Penrith, who it was an absolute joke, they were considered premiership favourites. I literally gave the Raiders a massive chance of being a top four side, learning, growing from last year, basically coming back with the same team. And we said it the year prior, fullback play had to get better and their halves weren't even that good last year. So it wouldn't have taken a whole lot for them to improve, but they blew so many close games. Their discipline was terrible. We saw things capitulate within the side and they just didn't evolve. Their mm. forward pack went, it took a few steps backwards. Hodgson was maintained, and it was all summed up to me and their whole piss-poor attitude in general and their bad season when Ricky Stewart started pointing the finger saying, oh, people are starting to kill our ruck and do this and that, and the refs aren't doing anything about Adapt it. Adapt or die, Ricky. Evolve, mate. Every other team has to evolve. Everybody figured out what you're doing last year, so you've got to make some slight changes. They refused to do so, and they just killed themselves, and what a letdown because they have a hell of a side. Hmm. I'm going after my own again. Uh, I've got the Titans. They finished eighth last year. They had Jared Hayne come in. Uh, and he had a full preseason. They had Jared Wallace come in. They just uh, got Nathan Peets. Things were looking up on the Gold Coast, and they shit the bed. They're very, very well to me. That they, they were the wooden spooners this year because Newcastle are just hamstrung by their cap uh, and the situation, obviously, that they're in. But yeah. I thought for the for the whole part of the season, if you said to me who played better this year, the Titans or the Knights, the Knights played better than Knights. the Titans by a thousand easily. Yeah, easily. So for me, it was the Titans. Super disappointing. The other one is Kane Elgy coming back from injury. We didn't have him the year before. He comes back. You know, you look at Pete's, Hayne, Elgy, and Taylor with the addition of Wallace into the forward pack, they've got no excuse. Yeah, Ryan James, Kevin Proctor. I know they had injuries, but yeah, we'll go, that's the other one's Kevin Proctor from yeah. Melbourne. You know? Terrible. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Dog shit season. And no excuses. I don't want to hear the excuses. No. All right, highlight of the season, uh, not being biased, but it's pretty easy. Well, I'll, I'll go first. The, the Storm. Yeah. For me, it was watching them week in, week out. They were the only side that I really felt confident gambling on. Uh, they were the only side I really felt confident tipping every week. Even when they had those reserve players in, I just love and respect the way they play. They've got their own unique style that everyone's trying to copy and it doesn't work. Uh, and that'll link into my uh, low light of the year. But, yeah, their, their quality, their professionalism, um, and I thought they were very deserving winners. Yeah, well, I had that, but mainly the conclusion for the big three. Um, yeah, you know, it's a personal highlight when, for you. When you support a team and everybody out there obviously supports a team, everyone's hopefully sometime in their lifetime, maybe in their past, you, you hear about players or you hear about generations or how lucky you were to see this or that. If you're a Broncos fan, you've obviously been pretty lucky. You've seen a shitload of great players roll through your club, but... For a, you know a new club to come in at ninety eight, win a comp its second season, and then roll through a few years there where they were always kind of a side that finished in the bottom half of the eight, and you know kind of just 
bothered teams week one or two and they're always hanging around for all of a sudden to roll in three players that are once in a lifetime into one side that have come through playing junior football um, at the feeder club up there in Smith, Slater and Cronk and watched the last 15 or so years of football has been absolutely outstanding. But for them to win a competition in their last grand final, and again, uh, I know you always try and tip me up on this because I I probably overthink it a little bit too much. To me, it was more a legacy thing. I really wanted them to win before Mm. they broke up because I know... You can't take those premiership rings away from the players, and they won those games. But in the record books, obviously they're gone. So I was more happy. Who's on, record book? Exactly. You can't take the rings off them, but just more for that. That is the most fitting. What, conclusion. what do you think? But for people to say that, like, and this shits people, and that's fine. Yeah. Get after me on social media. I don't give a shit. But what do you think's going to? So in eighty years' time, hundred years' time, when they're looking at those years, what are they going to say? What, what are people going to say? say? You're going to look at the way I do, which is... Like, They're going to say, that was a grand final. It's on tape. Like, yeah. you can't erase that day. No, no, like, no, no, you can't take Those 13 the players. players ran out Waldron, and they played... O'Sullivan, those guys that messed the club won. up. You know, fair enough. They cost the club. They cost the players. But the actual players that did that year, they're not the ones who wrote the books. Yeah, they didn't, the go out, did the they didn't play team. with 14 players. They didn't organise the side and the club to be in that situation. They went out. They won those calls. So it was an illegal roster. No argument. They no cheated. Argument. No I, argument. I don't right? argue that. But the players, on the field, they won the comp. Yeah, but those players are not the ones who put that together. Correct. So I just thought it was a fitting conclusion. And uh, it's been, yeah, hell of a ride. But there's still two of them there playing. And we've kind of regenerated, which is my other highlight of the season. Mm-hmm. It's been a bit of an underlying... Uh, Revolution of some young kids, so big thing. But my low light, and I think yours, you basically touched on it, just the standard uh, this year wasn't that great. And for a couple of teams, like you expected, Penrith, Canberra, we, we had like six or seven teams in the preseason. You're looking at going, this is going to be a cracker competition. It wasn't. But Penrith tripped themselves over. Canberra couldn't get out of their own way. Um, you know, well, the, For a long time there, it was the Dragons. Exactly. And you got the teams like the... <laughs> The, oh, the Roosters, who finished second, and they won 10 or more games by less than four points, but just couldn't put 80 minutes together. No. The Broncos, I'll give some credit to them. They lost some key players and had to battle on at the end of the year, but the Sharks as well, they never got close to where they were. Cowboys um, with all their injuries. And the Cowboys, again, one we would have had right up there, lost to those players, had no well, reason had right to be where they were. So did I. Had no reason to be where they were, but they did. But just the standard in general between the top, the bottom, and just those teams contending, uh, it was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, same, same for me pretty much, but... The 15 teams have just got an unwillingness to snap into their own new game to progress progress the game. So we always talk about what's what's the next big thing in the game? What's the next big tactic or the next big shift? And I said it, go back and listen to our season preview. I said the team that can come out and shift the game and change the game away from that Melbourne Cronulla style is the team that's going to have success. So what does every fucking team do? Try and copy what Melbourne and Cronulla did last year. And... You're not playing to the players that you've got in on your roster, and it just doesn't work. Well, look, look at what happened to Des Hasler. He sort of had that roster to play that style, made a grand final, and then just his roster evolved and changed, and he didn't adapt his coaching style with it to the point where this year they were in the bottom four. Yeah. Well, I think, and the scary part is, Melbourne did evolve as much as they're good in the rock. I get Melbourne, the that Melbourne evolved, but, but they, they the can best. evolve because they're at the top of that, they're at the top of whatever style that everyone else is playing anyway. And then they added things on top of that. Well, tackle breaks, line breaks, they were top in a lot of those categories. I get that. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. They've expanded like, as well as being... They're probably the only side. And and then that's the reason why they streaked away. Like the year before, they lost by two points in a grand final mm-hmm. to Cronulla. This year, they win a grand final by 30 points. Yeah. Well, Billy Slater came back in. We had a bunch of But he's of not worth 30 kids. points. No, but we had a bunch of young guys come in. We had... 
great edges, great back rowers. We had a, a dynamic bench. There was a lot of things we had last year, a, a few small changes. You, know, you, get, you get Curtis Scott come in. You get uh, Ado Carr come in. you got Vunavalu, who had a good first year, yeah, but he's Felice, still unproven, really. Felice comes in. They lose Proctor. Nelson was better. Glasgow yeah. was better. Uh, you know, uh, Come on, man. There's a lot of boxes that were ticked there, but I'm with you. Uh, try of the year. Well, there was a couple of contenders you can find here, but probably the best overall team try. I think you had the same one. Uh, Titans Knights round two. If you go on YouTube, it was like a last tackle, nothing doing. They literally go backwards for about you know. It was a lot of passes, eight or ten yeah. passes, and a kick I think as well. But they end up scoring far side of the field. Your yeah. favourite man, Joe Greenwood. Yeah, good. Oh yeah, it's about the only good thing he did all year. Uh, the only other one I kind of looked at when I looked at some highlights yesterday: Vunavalu round nine against the Dragons. I think Nightingale was going to knock him out, and he just decided that yeah. his body didn't exist, and he was going to throw well, it himself. Depends on what sort of try it is. Like, is yeah. it a team try, an individual try, an important try? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I look at most entertaining try. Yeah, well, that team try was good. I'm um, with that one. Game of the year for me, I have to go all the way back to round one. Cowboys-Raiders, the Golden Point game that ended with the deflection off the field goal and Cooper scoring. That game was awesome, round one. It was a good game. Um, I could think of a few others during the year that I was a fan of, but honestly, that night, uh, I was up in arms. I thought that was a cracker, so... I had two. Um, the, well, the first one and the one that I think wins by streaks is Penrith Warriors in round 10. Warriors led that game 28-6 oh. and they lost 36-28. <laughs> uh, brought back a little few memories for me from the Super Bowl. But um, I was at that game. It was daytime footy, Saturday afternoon, few beers on the hill. Loved it. I had a bet on the Warriors, so I'd done my ass on the punt. Yeah, so um, right. But the other one was probably a contrast, was Anzac Day. I thought Anzac oh, Day, ripper. Golden Point, it was a tough, gritty, dirty match uh, that was decided in Golden Point. Um, and my boss at work, actually, he left left the game, thought it was over, and watched the field goal from Central Station. So. Well, I messaged you because I went to that game, and I don't attend many outside of Storm Games, Origin, and the Grand Final, and I'm glad I did go. Uh, that was an absolute cracker. So you've just reminded me of one I forgot about. But yeah. you're damn right. That was a ripping game. That was the two for me. Yeah. Uh, and the last but not least, player of the year. We used to do a really big build-up, but sometimes things, <laughs> things don't need to build up. It doesn't need to build up. Because the fifth and last player of the year this year is simple. It's Cameron Smith. Yeah. He had an exceptional season. He was Mr. Consistency, as he always is. And much like those other great players at Melbourne, uh, with age, he's just got better and better. Uh, he ticks more boxes than anyone else. He makes forwards that are average look outstanding around the ruck. And no one, again, and I mention this all the time, but people still don't give it enough plaudits. He has the best kicking game out of dummy half and has a better kicking game than most halves in the competition. His kick is so underrated, it is not funny. Yeah. But there's nothing more positive you can say. I'm not going to say anything. So. He won the Daily M by record margin and deservedly so. Yeah. Well, getting into our teams of the year, we do these separately and we've obviously got some guys. Well, we're just going to go through so. positions, aren't we? Yeah. And then so. we'll give, I'm going to only give you one notable mention. Yeah, well, you can only give one. I'm not going to jibber about the others. I don't like giving notable no, mentions because I, I just want my team of the year. Just going to highlight a couple of blokes, that's all. Just giving raps to people yeah. that have... Uh, you you want to give out fucking participation. Had a mate. couple of decent things, but uh, your fullback of the year in your Slater. Team. Yep, well, I've got Billy Slater as well. Um, and your wingers. My wingers are Vunavalu and Adokar. Yep. Top the try scoring. I, I could have gone Rapana, but for me... The Raiders were dog shit. I'm not rewarding a team that sucked. Well, I'm not punishing I know he, him I know he as an well, individual but, for what his team done. Yeah, but for me, I still think Adokar and Vunavalu for me were better. They scored more tries. That's fair enough. I had Vunavalu and Rapana, but again, you've got guys like Nofaluma and Adokar, the two that I left out who I thought uh, were outstanding. But yeah, Adokar just as easily could have been in. Your centres. I had Will Chambers and Curtis Scott. Right, so. I, I, 
I was uh, really close to putting in Dylan Walker, but the way that his season finished for me, uh, he carried on like a peanut in round 26 uh, and then just choked for me in, in the first week of the finals. And for me, Curtis Scott was just got better and his final series was exceptional. And for me, their back five, there's no one in the Melbourne back five who I, I would swap for another player in the competition. I don't disagree with you on that, but again, I was just giving mine more on the whole season. He did come in about halfway through and he was outstanding when he did, but I've gone Will Chambers and the man you just mentioned, Walker. Uh, much better year in his natural position this year in centre. And the sad thing is, as much as I hate to bring it up, if you were going to pick him for origin, it would have been this year on form, unlike last year when we picked him for no apparent reason as a bench utility, which is just stupid. Um, but yeah, highlights how we work with New South Wales, but mm-hmm. you're 5'8 of the year. Uh, Michael Morgan. Exactly the same. Don't know how he got picked as the halfback <laughs> Easy. In, in the Daly M thing or how they figured that out, but yeah, yeah they did figure that out. Your halfback? Uh, Daly Cherry Evans. Yep. Uh, I wanted to pick Cherry Evans, but the more I thought about the whole season, I thought he had more standout games, but I gave it to Cleary. Yep. I thought Cleary overall um, just started off maybe a bit slow, but back into the year, he was carrying that team, him and Campbell Gillard on their own. Right. We've both got Smith at hooker, obviously. Smith's a nine. Yep. Front rowers. I've uh, got Vaughan and RCG. I've got Vaughan, and the other spot, again, there's a couple of blokes you could throw up, but I ended up going Tapia. Again, um, hard to bring up, but I thought he was very, very good for Manly. Thought he had some pretty brilliant yeah, games. I can cop that. consistent all year, and it was better to see him clean his shit up. But Rory Hargraves is one for me that was hard done by. I got bugger all mentions during the year. I thought he had a great year. Played every single game. Campbell Gillard, like you, I thought had a massive impact at the back end of the year. Yeah, it was huge. I, I think it was more the start of the year for me. I thought the first eight to ten rounds he was pretty quiet, but... Mm. Back in the year, he was huge. Um, he's the kind of bloke that should be playing Origin, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, your back rowers. I had Luke Lewis and Angus Crichton. I'm going to break away. It's easy to pick Gillette and Cordner. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I thought Luke Lewis, if he wasn't the best back rower in the comp, in terms of consistency, I don't know who was. And Angus Crichton, for me, was outstanding. The impact he provided. Uh, he looks to be one of those new age back rowers. You look at your, even your Wade Graham, your boy Cordner, and your Matt Gillett, who probably are the you would say your standout back rowers as as such in in the rep teams. Crichton's got that little bit of X factor. He's got that bit of speed, power, and well, a bit broke, of mongrel about him. Broke so. about extra eighty tackles more than all those guys. And yeah. I think the only reason I haven't got him in, and I oh, this is just my team. I, yeah, I, I didn't want to just pick those guys. No, no. I, I honestly thought Luke Lewis was the best back rower in the competition. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't give it to anyone else. Uh, he just battled away for Cronulla this year in a side that was just dog shit. Um, and Angus Crichton, I thought, was just boomed onto the scene and I couldn't leave him out. Well, I had no issue picking these two guys, but I could make arguments for Felice Cafusi and Crichton as well. And they're my two guys that I left out. But Matt Gillette for Australia, for Origin and for the Brisbane Broncos, I think he's more a lock than he is a back row, but he's just good every week. Mm. And I 100% agree with you. Maybe not the impact that Crichton had, but... Uh, on, my, on the overall... But was Gillette over, overall this year better than Luke Lewis, you reckon? I thought he was. Yeah, so I, thought, I, I, I think Luke Lewis has some outstanding games and I think he has some quiet games. Matt mm. Gillette every week just does so much dirty stuff off the ball. Man of the match for Australia, great during Origin. He's just always there. And Cordner, he did miss some games, but I thought Origin, some games he individually won in a Roosters team that was pretty ordinary. He was injured at times. Yeah. But, um, honestly, I still think they're the best two back rows in the competition, but... No, that's cool. The two guys that are there and very obvious to me that you left out, you've mentioned it. Crichton is ridiculous. He's a freak. And I really did want to put him in. But I stick by what I said. Michael Maguire, another thing that cost him his job. Said it in our previews, he had to play round one. It took Michael Maguire almost eight weeks to figure out that he needed to be on his bench, let alone starting. Mm. And I think that really, really hurts South. And the other yeah. one's Felice Cafusi. 
He barely played 10, 15 minutes for Melbourne last year as a front row. Now he's in the Australian side and justified. He had an outstanding year. Um, Guess who our lock is? Oh, take a pick. Tamalolo. Tamalolo, yeah. We both got Tamalolo. Done. But we also do a bench, unlike a lot of the other ones we out there. We do a four-man bench. And yeah. again, this is more on those guys that you may have had in your honourable mentions for certain positions. Well, we haven't gone through honourable mentions yet, have we? No, but this, right. these are the kind of guys in those positions. So number one on my bench, I've got Sam Burgess, because honestly, everybody at Souths owes him part of their pay packet. He had a huge year. Number 14, uh, Nathan Cleary. Yeah. Uh, my number 15 is Nathan Brown. Again, it was a year for the locks in a lot of teams. Nathan Brown, bargain buyer, went there. Yeah, that's fine. I've got Nathan Brown on my bench as well, so I'll put him in as number 15 Yeah, for uh, reasons you've already outlined. Tom Trevojevic could have easily been the fullback of the year. He had as good a year, if not better, than Billy Slater during the regular season. Right. Um, I've got him on my bench as well for reasons outlined. In the last spot, I had tossed up between those two back rows we talked about, Felice Kafusi and Angus Crichton. And why I think Crichton probably had better individual games, I'm trying to look at the whole year. Felice Kafusi won the comp and went from being a 10-minute bench player with not a whole lot of background to now being the Australian squad. So Felice Kafusi is my last player. Yeah, my last one is Josh McGuire. thought he worked his ass off, filled that hole of Corey Parker. Uh, and how they made the top four with the amount of injuries and stuff around they had this year was a credit to the work he did in the middle. And I don't think they've got great front roles. No, Brisbane, but so. the, the two big ones for me that kind of tore me up leaving out were Campbell Gillard and the other one was Crichton. But Crichton more than any. Um, I just think more, again, what I said, Maguire for me, and I want to look at the whole year in finals, hurt him by not yeah. playing him early in the season. That's the only reason he's not in my team. Right, no, He's a freak. Notable, uh, honourable mentions. Well, fullback, if you've already got two fullbacks in Teddy. the team, the only other guy I'm kind of looking at isn't Teddy, no. to be honest. I thought his overall year was pretty inconsistent. He had a lot going on. Well, I had Tedesco. I only had one guy, and I'm going to defend him because everyone's laying the boot in. Roger Tuivasa-Shet. All right. He's playing in a team that's not as good all round as the Roosters, but for anyone that's questioned his effort, give yourself an uppercut. Yeah, well, I think you can throw Tedesco in the same boat. He's taken. They're tw- playing shit teams, but they're still playing quite well. I think well. he was still second or third metres overall. He has 20 he carries a game. He always does the dirty work. He's just digging a hole. At a- he went to the wrong place. And the only thing that makes me feel better is that by the time this deal finishes, he's only going to be about 25, 26, and I hope he comes back to a Sydney club. We'll see. Uh, wingers. Well, Nofaluma and Adokar for me. I had Nofaluma. Um, I had Adokar in my team. Nofaluma was a bee's dick away from making my team. Yeah, Adokar, outstanding. Another one of these guys. Uh, two gun wingers that have been considered fringe players by Jason Taylor, the Tigers, that have gone to Melbourne now. Corabidi, yeah. Adokar. Center. Uh, centers. There wasn't a whole lot of quality well, centers. Mine was Dylan Walker. I left him out. I had uh, Gagai mainly for his rep work. Uh, I didn't think he was that great for Newcastle, but the one that a lot of people laid the boot in, I thought he had a great year, and his background with all these injuries was Tao Tao Moga. Mm. Tao Tao Moga was great in the yardage. People were ragged on the defensive decisions. I think that was more the system uh, that made him look a bit silly at times because he was the only one making a decision. But this is a guy that was touted for massive things, had a couple of ACL reconstructions, had to go to a few clubs. He's still only 22 years old. Yeah, 5'8". Uh, 5'8", there was a handful. Keary, Green, Munster, Widop had a big year. But... I had Keary. Back to centre, I had Dylan Walker as my honourable mention. Keary was my honourable mention for 5'8". Halfback? Uh, well, the halves, I think Pierce had a good start there, but back end there, so-so, and Cherry Evans very close, obviously, to be. I, uh, I had Cherry Evans in my side. I had uh, Mitchell Moses. I thought he was outstanding back end there. Yeah, well, prop, props, uh, like I said, Campbell Gillard was very hard to leave out, but I'm still filthy that no one's given Rory Hargraves any raps. Big injury last year. Come back halfway through, was a bit up and down, but he played every single game this year, and I thought he was outstanding. The two for me, yeah, were Napa and Warrior Hargreaves. Yeah. Uh, Hooker, I think it's easy to mention this guy, Coruscant. You mentioned him before. He had a huge season. And uh, the other one, 
the bloke I keep saying is underappreciated and it turned out that way, Andrew McCulloch. Yeah, I had McCulloch. I had no one near him. He still won Brisbane's Player of the Year and he was out for the last eight rounds. Yeah, back rowers, I ended up picking three of the guys that I had written down, but Crichton's the one, really, that I'll give an honourable mention to. I had Cordner as my honourable mention. Yeah, and Locke, I thought there was a few of those guys again. Uh, Gallon, he had a massive year not playing rep football. I think Dale Finucane was yeah. huge. And Gallon, I throw Gallon into that same boat as Woods, like, just selfish with his numbers. And, yeah. Like, I think he's good. Don't get me wrong. But, but I think just the effort. There's a lot of guys that quit in some of those yeah, games for game. me or bitch and mate. Like, he just no goes and goes and goes. Uh, mine is Jake Dvorovic. Yeah. Finucane and DeBellin were two others kind of in that spot. DeBellin, yeah, was one that I looked at really hard. But, yeah, just going through our teams again quickly. For me, Lewis, I've got Slater at fullback, Vunavalu and Rapana on the wings, uh, Chambers and Walker in the centres, Morgan and Cleary are my halves, Vaughan, Smith, Tapau, the front row, the back row is Gillette, Cordner. Tom Olo and my bench were allowed to go open slatter. I have Sam Burgess, Nathan Brown, Felice Kafusi, and Tom Jabrovich. Yep. Uh, I've got Slater at fullback, Vuni and Addo Carr on the wings, Chambers and Scott in the centres, Morgan at 5'8", Cherry Evans at half, Vaughan and RCG at prop, Smith at hooker, Lewis and Crichton in the back row, Tom Olo at lock. My bench, Nathan Cleary, Josh McGuire, Nathan Brown and Jake Jaborovic. Yep, and all our awards you heard before in our Player of the Year, easy pick, Cameron Smith. Yep. So that is our awards for this year. We'll move on now to our season reviews from each team going from 16th through to 1st in the order that they were eliminated as far as finals were concerned. So the first team we'll be reviewing is the Newcastle Knights. Obviously, they ended up finishing in last place. Unfortunately, they only had five wins, but a much better year than last year. Obviously, they only had the one win. Uh, some good improvement there. As far as the overs and unders were concerned, Brock, uh, they were four and a half, I'm pretty sure. Looking yeah. at my list over here for overs and unders, we both had them going under. They beat us by half a game. So how many did they win? Five. They won five. Okay. So yeah, they beat I had us them, there. I had them under. I had them winning four games. Yeah, 2016, obviously they finished last, so no improvement on last year. Uh, they were 14th in attack. They were last in defense, and they used 31 players, which was not the most. but And near. that's a legit 31 because yeah. they, they only had the one player out for origin. Exactly. So. But uh, looking at them, you know, highlights, lowlights, best, worst, all that kind of stuff, I think it's pretty easy. It was another tough year, but just massive progress. And this is what we talked about. This is all they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan Brown is well ahead. And, uh, I couldn't believe there was any talk this year about him being sacked. Anyone that brought that up should give themselves an absolute triple. Um, you know, the Safidis, Barnett, Mataudia as a captain, I think he's coming on leaps and bounds. He's been outstanding. But you just look at all the grades. The 20s, there's so many good kids coming through. Your Starlings, the young Johns as well, pretty good as well. I don't know if he played first grade, but Nick Meaney, he didn't play first grade, but he played the whole year in Cup from 20s. Sami Solo, the front rower, and then their recruitment moving on to next year. Um, the development of somebody like a Brock Lamb as well. There, there's so many positives to look at for Newcastle, given the situation. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, uh, they're on the up, Newcastle. So uh, it was just one of those years. It was always going to be that way, and turned out to be that way. Yeah, and I don't think, again, just reviewing them basically every week is what we're talking about now, but the realistic picture when he took over was they weren't going to have any cap to really spend or focus on for almost three seasons. Nathan Brown almost flipped it in 18 months. And it looked like for a month there he was going to get sacked this year. Ridiculous. Yeah, He's done all the dirty work. What do you expect? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying there was a month there where it looked likely. that, That alone, when they took the job, they basically said, we're going to be patient. If you would have seen like, player disharmony or people not progressing or your juniors not pushing through or things like that I could understand but there was never a sign of that No. and led by guys like a Bureau who came in I know Cost Jason never got to the field but they said his influence issue was massive next year bringing in to help out all those guys you mentioned your Barnett Safidis Matoudi you've got Guerra 
who's looking for a fresh start so much so he's not playing in the World Cup. Uh, SASA had a great year. Moga, Ponga and Watson joining with that young spine we've already talking about with Levi Lamb. Um, you know, you can only see brighter things ahead. I don't know if next year's a year to play finals straight away, but they're definitely going to be competitive and a lot more dynamic. I agree. Uh, but, yeah, I just I think a big off-season again and just more progress. But our prediction for them at the start of the year, we both had them finishing last. Yep, last. And they did so. And overs and unders, we were, we were wrong, but only by half a game. So right on the money there. Uh, but moving off to them, to the Titans, who finished in 15th place. Uh, my season prediction was that they'd finish 10th, so obviously a bit lower uh, than what I had. What did you have them finishing? I had them finishing 9th. There you go. So we both had them outside the 8. They had 7 wins, 17 losses. Their attack was 12th in the competition. Defense probably sums it up. They were 15th, so the only team worse was the Knights. Overs-unders was 11.5 wins. I went under. I went under as well. So we're both right on that. 2016, they obviously finished 8th, so... Uh, they fell massively backwards, and they used the most players in the competition with 34. Well, that's, yeah. We, well, well, I highlighted that legitimate. before, the fact that they had injuries. but Yeah, they had injuries. Uh, you know, they had, what, two... But they had them pretty much to kick the season off. Yeah. So we're always behind the eight ball, but... But let's put it this way. It started bad, and it never got better. Uh, off the field, it came a little bit later in the year, but the club in general is not stable. It's owned by the NRL. Well, there was the misharmony. The players weren't happy with Neil Henry because of Jared Hayne and they were getting punished for his actions and it shouldn't reflect on the rest of the team. Uh, you know, that some people supported Neil, some people supported Jared. His attitude, I think, was cancerous throughout it. Procter and Marquis signing comes from Melbourne, gets done in the cocaine scandal. Sargent's and Greenwood, like you said, a lot of the purchases that were made were all poor. Yep. Um, it really, really hurt them. And the real sad part is probably your standout couple of players with the guys. Well, Taylor had a pretty good year, but looked like he'd given up mainly by the back end. But the sad thing is your player of the year, and no knock on him, Anthony Don. you got a guy that was playing part no, footy. No winger should ever win. Uh, and that's more I'm getting year. at. That's summing up more the season as a whole for that side. Move but, on. Stop uh, dragging me through it. Oh, well, I'm going to have to because that's the whole point of review. But uh, um, I think on the back of what was a poor year, the highlights were Wallace coming over. I think he was outstanding. Yeah, he was excellent. Turner, an origin player, and then probably the other best part is seeing some of those kids. I think Hipgrave's last game showed that he's got plenty he of intent. Philip Semi was good at the back end of the season. Um, mm. I like the look of Max King. He got better as things went on. Morgan Boyle, I think, finished a bit flat. But again, some of the rookies that were blooded were quite decent. But overall... Overall, yuck. Off-field, on-field, very disappointing. And they've got deals tabled right now to obviously Taylor and Ty Well, they put Roberts. a deadline on Taylor. Yeah, well, I think that's insanity, given they've got no weight to be putting a deadline on somebody like mm. that. But uh, And then you name a coach first. I think that'd be probably a good idea yeah, it would be. Yeah. before you can get a half to start. Agree. What do you say? They're a basket case. It was a terrible year on and off the field. And uh, Jared, sorry, Jared Haynes, surely he's not going to be there after this season. <laughs> If he is, we're in big trouble. Yeah, well, I was hoping he wouldn't be there next season. Yeah, not a whole lot to review there again. Nope. But, uh, yeah, poor year overall. The Tigers, they finished in 14th place. Uh, I had them predicted to finish 14th, so that was spot on. But out of the eight, where did you have them? I had them 14th. There you go. So bang on again. Attack, they were 15th. Defensively, they were 13th. Overs, unders was 10.5. I'm pretty sure we both we obviously... We both had them under. Under. Uh, last year, ninth, so... Again, another step backwards, and they used 30 players, but just another one like the Titans. It was an absolute basket case. Um, it all started early on. They had a big win round one against Robbie Farr mm-hmm. in South Sydney, and then next minute they were the big four who aren't even a big four. The only real play you'd have any consideration about would have been Tedesco, Moses in particular, getting his nose out of joint, uh, Jason Taylor being sacked by the club, just marina go and 
Justin Pascoe, the whole thing was just an absolute shamble. Yeah, it was. And the club couldn't get out of Terrible. its own way as well as the divide in the player group, which almost seems to have been passed down from Sheen's situation to Benji and Robbie to Robbie knifing Mick Potter and then getting into these young guys saying, I've got you back to them, knifing him basically. And then the leader of it all mm. seemed to be more Mitchell Moses who... Once they finally got the right coach in, Ivan Cleary, who was given full control, was smart enough to look and say, you need to move on, put deadlines on the other guys and put a value on it and said, we're going to rip the band off and move on. And sure enough, you basically didn't hear a thing after he came in. No. Um, and the other highlight there, I don't want to talk about for too long because I already mentioned it before, but the Tim Simone thing as well on the year, um, just one of those things that they didn't need and it all hit them well, all at one time. I think their season was pretty much a parallel to the Titans' season, but for me... The Titans played their best footy early. The Tigers played their best footy late. So it gives me more hope for the Tigers next year than it does for the Titans. Even and the fact that they've got a good, stable coach in place for as the Titans. I was going to say, on the off-field side of it And as they well. got rid of those players that think they're better, yeah, and they bigger s- and better than the team. They so. sorted out off-field. They've got a coach yeah. in who can build junior pathways, which they're struggling with. They were right at the bottom of New South Wales Cup and obviously the under-20s. Mm-hmm. They've got somebody who's coming who can attract players. So for what they pushed out the door, you're bringing in... Madalino, Packer, McQueen, Reynolds and some good squad depth players as well as getting players like Masters in, Eisenhuth. He's done an amazing job in basically half a season, Ivan Cleary, and they're back on track very quickly. Um, as far as the year is concerned, though, you're looking at the, the progress in that new direction that we're talking about. You know, Elijah Taylor was really, really good, Nofaluma, but seeing Eisenhuth come in, I think Masters had some good games uh, at the back end of the year. There were some young guys they played and wanted to have a look at, Moses Sully, etc., but... He just put them on the right foot. Um, Attitude-wise, they were much better. Defensive, they were better by the back end of the year. They didn't close out a lot of the games that they were right in, which there was plenty of them. But again, bringing some more of those quality players in. Reynolds with Brooks. I think Lola here is probably going to be your fullback. And they've got an interest in Matt Moylan. I I hope that doesn't happen. Mm. Um, But the number one thing and the best part that could have happened this season is Ivan Cleary, in my opinion. And that's the big reason I have huge optimism moving forward. Me too. So... It's a write-off for all the Tigers fans, but I wouldn't be losing any sleep. The only player I really did care about was Tedesco, but um, end of the day, he's moved on. Woods, I wouldn't be worried about. Moses needed to move on, given the situation. It was untenable. So yeah. uh, Ivan Cleary is your big thing to look forward to moving forward. 13th place, the New Zealand Warriors. And uh, year after year, <sighs> six years, no finals. Uh, I had them finishing in eighth spot because I didn't have a lot of faith in that forward pack, but obviously that classy spine, but it didn't come true. What did you have them finishing? Well, I had the Warriors finishing seventh. So both just inside the eight, but in the end, seven wins, 17 losses. The attack, they were 13th. Defensively, they were 14th. Overs, unders was 13 and a half. I had over. I had them under. I thought they would have had to have win 13, 14 to get into that spot, mm-hmm. um, but obviously that was wrong. And 2016, they were 10th. So, again, step backwards and they used 30 players. But looking at their season, it's the same. <laughs> what do you want me to say? It's the same story every year. Yeah. Um, but That'll the be big, the last time I put them in my eight. The big thing, I just I, I didn't think the pack was good enough. But the effort and consistency is just not there. They don't seem to care. They always win around the same time of year, and they did again during Origin. Then when it got to the back end of the year, they fell over. Um, I think they lost, like, I can't remember. They lost their last nine games. Well, they didn't really. From rounds... When does Origin start? No. Like round round thirteen, they only won two games out of their last. They lost their last nine in a row. That sums up everything. Well, there like you that. go. They, from round thirteen, they only won two games, and, that was two, and that was against the Titans and the Bulldogs, who were both dog shit. Yeah, they were terrible. But 
Like I said before, highest completions doesn't matter if you've That's got... such a bad record. I didn't realise I lost that many in a yeah, row. But don't worry about anything else other than what we talked about before. Nine in a row. Have the highest completion rate in the comp. You have one of the worst yeah, attacks yeah, and the worst exactly. defences. What do you do with the football? You do nothing with the football. And Stephen Kearney, like, you know, it's... it's Yeah, it's hard to... You start to draw a parallel and a line here. Parramatta then gets the assistant job, does and well. And they made the fewest amount of errors. Here. And they're the team that should make the most amount yeah. of errors because yeah. you want them to make errors. You want them to be playing flamboyant footy. It's yeah. ridiculous. And again, like I said, it's pretty sad and loop. Highest yeah. completion? I didn't even realise that either. Yeah. What does that, that all, mean? All year. Completions mean nothing if you yeah, do nothing. jack shit. Parramatta, for the two years, Kearney was their highest completion rate. Well, here's so another start. The Warriors only offloaded the ball 181 times this season, 14th, down from 222 in 2016 and 263 in 2015. Yeah. So I reckon Cappy sort of had the tactics right. He just couldn't get the execution. No, couldn't I've couldn't sort of find that balance. You want to get them to hold the football if you can and try and get some quality, but you can't take away the offloads, the tackle busts, and that aggressive style of football. But mm. I also think that they didn't respect um, McFadden either. No, neither do I. Whereas I think they probably do respect Kearney well, more, but Kearney's got wishes. the wrong... He's got the wrong tactics. Yeah, so, you know... You've... But he should have learnt, and this is what we're getting at. He's had the best apprenticeship possible. He's made the mistake once. He's got his second chance here. He's gone home. He's got the New Zealand spine, and yep. he's gone nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when someone like a foreign came in, foreign helped for a couple of weeks, but he broke down as we expected. When Johnson's PCL blew up in that Penrith game that they were leading, much like the one who in the year, they rolled over, and then for the rest of the year, it was same old, same old. But... Yep. I thought their better players were guys like Madalino once he warmed up and he's leaving the club. Um, you look at somebody like a James Garvey, who I thought had a really good year, ended up injured. Uh, you know, your Lillyman's tried every week. And the guy that I feel sorry for more than anybody is Simon Mannering. He's the New Zealand version of a high marsh. He's probably never going to win a comp, but he's just going to bust his ass until the day he retires. But he doesn't deserve to play in a side Here's like that. another nice one that will back up your reason for giving two of us a Shaka. Uh, a nice rap was that he he broke the line 16 times, as many as he did in 20. 20- 15 when he won fullback of the year. Well, he just... There you go. I would I'd cut someone down when the effort's not there. People look at the flash parts, ah, oh, he doesn't score, doesn't he? Blah, blah, blah. He's still trying. Yep. If his effort wasn't there, I'd agree with you. The best thing is, he's still having 20 carries a game and he takes the dirty carries in yardage. Mm-hmm. But overall, like I said, I think that's the main part of it. And There were some good kids there, but they also couldn't get the spine right. Johnson is not a seven. He needs somebody like a green that we talked about to go play there with him. When Foreman was in, they looked better, but... Just execution. The Fords. The Fords is a big one, and I don't think it's going to get any better next year, unfortunately. No, I don't think so either. Um, and, yeah, even though they've got some good kids in, in cup, probably they're one of their best forwards, Talfail Sipley is leaving. Off of Hickey Ogden's another one. I don't know if he'll get upgraded, but it's just a boys' club, isn't it? They've got Beal coming over, who's a solid player, but another one is internationals. Adam Blair's coming over. Harris is the big inclusion, but I fear for him going there. I really do. They need Blake Green. They need someone to help out. But... Um, I can't believe they won seven games. I, I can't believe I put them in my eight. <laughs> Me too. And, you know, it's not going to be that long when we're going to be sitting here doing previews. So, you know, what is it? Three months. It's not that long. It's 12 weeks. No. So punch me in the face if I even suggest about putting the Warriors in my I Even if eight. they've got another front rower and I sat down and looked at it on paper, I'm not doing it. No, I'm just not going to do it until they do it. Until yeah. they prove me wrong. I mean. I'm happy to I eat a little bit of I said if they got us wrong this year and you said it, that they're not going in. So no. this year they can have ninth, they can have ninth or tenth or something, but they're not going yeah. in. Yeah. Not it. Uh, twelfth was the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, you know, 
bit of an up and down year for them, but it was kind of doomed from week one. But what was your prediction? I had them finishing ninth. I had them finishing tenth. I thought they were on the fringe, but nine wins, fifteen losses. Their attack was eleventh. Their defence was twelfth. Overs unders was eleven and a half. I had under. Me too. So we're both right there. Twenty sixteen, they finished the same spot, and they used thirty players. But like I said, week one was doomed. Greg Inglis, they left him on when they should have got him off. He blew his ACL. Adam Reynolds, I said as well, was another reason I wouldn't put him in because he's held together by sticky tape and he missed as many games as he'd play. That's exactly what happened. The Burgess twins have just gone backwards year after year. Robbie Farrow, I said, was a terrible idea. That ended up being a waste of an experiment for half the season because they looked so much better at the back end of the year with uh, young Cook. But probably what sums them up is they're so temperamental. They'd hammer somebody like a Manly, then they'd get belted. And then they belted uh, Penrith near the back end of the year and got on a bit of a streak. And then Melbourne towed them up by 64-4. to four, But they needed a change. And, uh, you know... Yeah. Well, it was probably summed up for me by, firstly, Maguire got the punt. Yeah. And secondly, Spud Carroll came out and just absolutely hammered the Burgess boys halfway through the year. And well, I was... thought he hit the nail on the head. And he was really the only person from the uh, that applied any sort of external pressure to South. Yeah. Um, and it came actually spiked their performance for a couple of weeks there. They really came out and tried to prove a point, but they weren't able to ma- uh, maintain it for any no. sort of period of time. But we also called on the other part, which was just, just some dead wood there that we wanted out. So your players like your Tyrrells and your Clarks, like they're, they're all gone now, but I thought the best part they did at the back end of the season when things were looking bad, not only did someone like Walker come to the floor and play really, really good, and you look forward to next year. If Reynolds is healthy with him, Cook, and obviously Johnston, who finally stepped up and proved to us he's a fullback, You've got a great spine. You've got Gagai. You've got Inglis. You've got two good centers. And then possibly, uh, you know, these young guys that you got in. Terrell Fumayono was really, really good. Campbell Graham. Um, you know, Crichton was absolutely outstanding. Musgrave was better at the back end of the year. But Cameron Murray. Cameron Murray's a gun. That yeah. young kid. But He's a gun. You look at these young blokes. Factory in that spine I just mentioned with Johnston at the back. Your two centers could be Inglis and Gagai. If you can get Musgrove to do enough in the middle with the two twins to free up Sam to get on an edge with... Uh, Crichton on the other side with those two halves, they're going to be a dangerous side. And I can't really talk myself into putting them into the eight because I don't know if they've got the depth and they've got a new coach. But if I told you on paper that was going to be your spine, Walker, Reynolds, Cook, Johnston with your two fringes possibly having like a Burgess and a Crichton with Gaga in English, you'd be pretty excited. Yeah, absolutely. But I can't and I trust think the middle. They've made the right move with the coach. Yeah. And um, I think, like I said, just some Deadwood getting pushed out is a good idea. Getting rid of a lot of those guys. You're Bryce and Goodwin. These solid players, but they're not helping now. And there's just, there was a lot of money tied up in it. The big two that have to be sorted out this year are the Burgess Twins. Mm-hmm. If they don't play any good football... Well, even if they do, see you later. I'm sorry. The yeah. game's gone past it. You can have one of them. Yeah, you can't have You can't two. have both. You can't have two. Uh, I'm agreeing with you 100%. But, um, yeah, the other thing is their record against the top eight was terrible, much like a Penrith. I think they were 3-12 against top eight sides. Yeah. So that never really helps you. But Robbie Farrar, that contract's got to go. That's dead money. The two twins, there could be a lot of money freed up. This year will be a progress year and getting those kids to play a bit more football. But, yeah, I don't know if moving in 2018 they'll quite be near the eight, but I'd picture them basically what I thought last year. I think they'll be fighting for the bottom side of the eight. Mm-hmm. And if they got things right with those players we spoke of on their day, they could damage a side, but I just don't know if there's going to be enough in their middles and their bench to get them through. But, um, yeah, it was time for a change. There's no doubt about that. <sighs> 11th place, the Bulldogs. Uh, I had them finishing 12th. What did you have them? I had them finishing 12th as well. So basically we were on the money. They were 10 wins, 14 losses. Attack, I mentioned it before, and been blown up about it for years. It was the worst in the competition. Defensively, though, 7th, which is, you know, 
basically what got them the record that they got. Overs, Otherwise, unders. they finished with a spoon. Oh, 100%. Overs, unders, 11.5. I had under. I'm sure you had I had same. under. I had them winning 10, and that's how many they won. Yep. Seven games. Uh, sorry, last year they finished seventh, so obviously they've gone backwards, and they used 25, so one of the least, equal least amount of players, which sums up again everything that happened. No finals for the first time, and just a refusal to evolve. But I think all the off-field stuff in the last few years has summed up what we're talking about. The cap drama, murmurs all year, the board issues, Ray Dib, Ray Lancastle... Um, you know, Des getting some of his assistance taken away, some of his funding taken away. All the writing was on the wall, but mainly the on-field stuff. It's just stale and they've refused to evolve. Their attack's disgusting. They don't have genuine halves. The restrictions to somebody like Leisha over the last couple of years, Cassiano's gone downhill. All those guys that were good a couple of years ago have dropped. And then now you look at the back end of deals of the Morris brothers, Graham, etc. Like it's just hit that point where you're looking at it going, this is just a shit fight. Um, and yeah, it, and I look at their lower grades and there's not a lot going on in there either. Well, so. that's died since Des has got there, which is a big problem they've got now. And they're mm-hmm. looking at going, well, we need to fix this and we need to fix this immediately. But that's not one of those things you can turn around overnight. And, uh, you know, they've spent heavily at the top end, but they've killed themselves in the other sense. But what else do you say other than exactly all those things? And it was proved right at the back end of the year. When Moses had a forward pack that was going forward and playing as a genuine six, he looked a lot better. When Leisha was allowed to play the style of football he was bought to do, or what he used to play but was told not to, he looked great. And yep. apparently now Dean Pay's going to keep him, which is a good idea in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, on a lesser pay pack. Um, yeah, there's, there's just some stuff there. And, you know, moving like a Reynolds on, I, I disagree with the moves moving forward with a foreign. I think foreign's a bit of dead wood as far as money's concerned and the injuries now. I think That's he, a death signing. I'm not sure what Dean Pay's going to be overly wrapped with it. Nah, and I tell you what, I've just got to say one thing quickly before we continue with the review. The fact the other day that Dean Pay said we're not interested in Cronk, mate, you're fucking over the salary cap. You have no chance to get Cronk <laughs> anyway. The fact they even had that in the paper as a quote, oh, we're not interested. Like, yeah, not interested. You can't even get under the cap. Yeah, but he must have been asked a question. Yeah, still. So it's a dumb question. So would you have him? Like, no, if you were saying in general, you wouldn't have him. Like, you can't have him. You wouldn't have Kronk. You're not allowed to have You're him. You're a moron. You're already over the, the salary cap. The guy's just a Kronk. Every, every team would love to have Cooper Kronk. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things, um, you know. Should have come to the Titans, Cooper. Forward. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. B-Fords, they weren't. Backs getting good ball, they didn't. Halves playing as halves, they didn't. The nine wasn't playing as a general. Terrible. Like just, they were the worst team to watch. I do have to give... Them and the Titans were the two worst teams to watch. I'm going to give some credit, though. I thought, like I said, back into the year, Leisha. Um, Josh you know, Jackson. Your two guys that were consistent all year were Clemmer and Jackson in a bad situation. I thought the Morrises were better at the back end of the year as well, but... Overall, you know, guys like Fitello Mariner, uh, Leisha getting pushed or not playing enough football. There's a few little bits and pieces that game this shit. But overall, they're a bit like South. Things mm-hmm. needed to change. It's happening now. Is Dean Pay the one to fix their attack? I don't know. The raps on him for his under-20 stuff and his Canberra stuff has been defensive and his toughness. But I'm sure he's not going to have the same ideas as what Des did. So I think it's as simple as getting your players to actually do the jobs they should be doing. Yeah, it's fair. Um, but Farmanu Brown, Kieran Foran... Halves combination, Leisha possibly staying as the nine, Emoses in by, Papawade finished the year strong, all those kind of guys. Uh, the last bit of 
talk was obviously that Abby would be going to Canberra and they'll pick Priest up. Obviously, Pay's got a relationship with Clay Priest, as does Ennelli, his assistant from Mount. He's now at the Bulldogs. And the other player that they're talking about is a swap for Brett Morris and Heimel Hunt, which will clear about 500 grand, which mm. I don't think is a bad move for a guy who's got a bold knee. For a player like Heimel Hunt, who's pretty solid. But um, moving in next year, all these changes are necessary, but I'm, I don't think I could put in my eight. I think they're going to be another one that's a year or so away. And I hope. The salary cap next year will be easier for them because Eastwood, the Morris, a couple of these guys are going to be gone. We've wasted too much time. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have to see what they can do. But the Bulldogs, very, very disappointing year, but it's been coming. Naughty night, Bulldogs. Naughty night. Canberra, 10th place. I had them finishing second. I had them finishing fourth. And that didn't happen. Uh, 11 wins, 13 losses. Attack, they were third. Defense, they were 10th. Overs, unders was 12 and a half. I had over. I had over. I had so, them winning 15 games. Yep. Last year, they were second, and they used 25. So, again, equal least amount of players. There's no excuses as far as uh, troops are concerned. But I think they read their own height. Um, I think that. I think lots of players underperformed, which is obviously an indicator going forward from last year. So, like someone like a Shannon Boyd, you want to talk about fallen players. He played for his state. Oh, sorry, his country. Yeah. And he was barely a first grader this year, to be honest. Um, a lot of guys, I think, Whitehead was poor until the back end of the year. Hodgson took a massive step backwards. The halves were pretty ordinary. Austin, in particular, has not evolved that much at all. I think Caesar finished the year pretty solidly. But Leilua, the fighting on the field that you've seen, there was, there was a lot of things that were wrong in Canberra. But well, the they main used thing, the equal least amount of players in the comp. Exactly. But the main thing no is... No excuses for them. The evolution and the fact that Ricky Stewart came out and said, oh, people are stopping it. Rah, rah, the refs are not stopping it. Mate, you've got to change. Everybody figured it out. If you stop the middles... Hodgins restricted and their halves can't do enough to win them games of football. No, and their ill-discipline, their penalties comes, yeah. and their errors just killed them. It comes back to those two things you just said, penalties and errors. They, they had the talent there. They got the talent on the field. And also that they didn't evolve. They, 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 sort of, they stopped and uh, just thought, well, what we'll do is we'll just repeat those same tactics the following year. Uh, and they got left behind. But what a missed opportunity. For that yeah, squad, that yeah. roster, um, you know. The, I mean, but you look at their losses, they don't really lose anyone. Well, Dave Taylor's probably really the gain only anyone. one who's part of it. The, the thing is... And so I a said, missed opportunity, yeah, but they've got the opportunity to then take their medicine here, evolve, hopefully, and then come back next year. Well, I expect them to bounce back pretty hard. The halves have to be better. They have to evolve. Caesar finished off strongly. He's got to take the lead role as far as I'm concerned, but Austin's got to work on his short passing and his kicking game. Hodgson's got to get back to the forefront of things, but... Um, we saw, I said it this year in attack me again. The big thing that I lost this year is a bit of depth. It didn't really hurt them because they didn't need it. But Mounties have struggled and they're going to get weaker again next year. So mm. while they've locked in their roster and they haven't really added anyone, they've got a few kids from 20s, Jack Murchie, Gula, Liam Knight that obviously came over, Abby and that. There's not a whole lot waiting under if they get injuries. So if they stay healthy again, they have to evolve. They have to be more disciplined. They have to take their chance because we all know that the window doesn't stay open for that long. No. And this side should have done better this year, but... Um, yeah, probably the best. I think, I think Junior Paulo had another good year. I think Rapana and Kotrick was obviously a standout coming into grade. But yeah, um, yeah, to see the way that Boyd Hodgson. When you look at their key positions, like at the start of the year, Whiten was the one that I highlighted had to really step up to the level. He, had a pretty he was good the only year. one that stepped up. Yeah, the other three were terrible. And Caesar, like I said, his late form was better when he got some control. But it's taken too long. He needed to take control a lot earlier. Uh, but big year for Canberra coming up. Those guys are both off contract. The halves pairing. Mm-hmm. Sam Williams is returning. And he should have never been gone in the first place. So there's going to be pressure on both those guys to do Good. their job. Um, and, yeah, big pressure on a lot of those forwards to step up. Uh, Shannon Boyd in particular. I thought Papali was solid, but finished off the year a bit slower, whitehead, etc. But yeah, the window's open for Canberra. Hopefully they come back angry and play that f- style of football, which made us fall in love with them uh, the year prior. 
Ninth, the Dragons, and what a disappointing end of the season after the start that they had. But I had them finishing 15th. Same. Uh, we're both pretty harsh on them. and um, I had them winning six games, and they won twice the amount of that. Yeah, well, 12 wins, 12 losses, fifth in attack, and no offense. But when I looked at this, it kind of dumbfounded me. But I think that's a bit padded from a few big wins they had. Uh, sixth in defense, overs, unders was eight and a half. I had under, obviously that was wrong. I had under as well. Um, the year prior, they finished 11th, so a slight improvement and equal lowest used again, 25. But in their case, they didn't trust in the players they had under because they didn't have the depth. Yeah. So they'd needle up a lot of guys and force them through, which I thought hurt them. But in the end, no expectations uh, from me. I don't know about the club. Obviously, they would have expectations. But honestly, it's a failed season in my eyes. And I'll put it to you the simple. Well, this failed way. in the fact that they didn't make the final. Yeah, but look at it overall. You, I think they were six and two or seven and one, and then they did obviously lose Woodop and Dugan in the same game. And Origin happened, but they had close losses in the Anzac Day. Melbourne blew them off the park, and then they had that game against Cronulla, which a lot of their fans are blowing up. They shouldn't have lost, but forget all that. And the Origin period where you missed a few guys, Dugan, Frizzell, Woodop out for a bit. Late on though, it's plain and simple. They had the easiest draw, and I know you hate it when I say about the draw. Well, this is but, why I say it about the draw. Losing to Canberra in Golden Point. Then the Souths game, you're leading by 10 points with five to go. You blow that one. They thought they were going to beat the Knights easily. They blew that game. They lost to the Titans. They blew that game last round against the Dogs. They got to play all those teams at the back end that weren't playing finals football, and they took it for granted. And they pissed it up the wall, plain and simple. And they didn't get better as the year went on either. Teams got video. Teams realized that they relied heavily off DeBellin, uh, Vaughn, Packer, those guys punch into the middle, quick play the balls. It took pressure off the halves. You just got to play straight and direct. Back well, in they the won year. three of their last nine. Exactly. And so. they look at those losses, though. That 10-point game with five minutes to go against South probably sums up their back end of the year. It was well, disgusting. they win that they're in, don't they? Well, if they win that game, so. if they win the Dogs game, if they don't blow the Newcastle game, there's there was multiple chances and the easiest well, run Well, they home. play the Titans in round 17 and round 23. They lost in round yeah, 17. They bashed them the other time. Yeah. But they had the best chance to get in. Um, and again, like I said, just a failure to evolve. Dufty at fullback, I didn't think it really worked. Widop had most of the pressure on him. McCrone didn't quite, couldn't do the job. Man at seven was a solid running option. But let's be honest, we didn't think the spine was there. That's the reason we had him rated so low. We loved the forward pack. That proved to be correct. But everybody figured it out by the back end of the season. Mm. Um, next year, looking at things well, to be honest. Well, they jumped the comp, really. They jumped the comp early. Probably had a good draw. When you look at it, well, they got an even better one. They got Penrith when they were out of form. Warriors, Tigers, you know they played Eels, Sharks. Yeah, they had some yeah. tough tests and they played well against Sydney and obviously Cronulla. Yeah, their they first lost. seven games they only lost one game. Yeah, so that's against what, the Eels. If you're six and one, you should be playing finals football. Mm. You're saying that what's that? Seven out of twenty-four with seventeen games left, they need to win six. They basically had to win one and three. Yeah, and they couldn't do that. But the big thing is they didn't trust their depth. They let the guys go. Mid-year, um, you know, they refused to bring a couple of guys up. They needled Frizzell. They had to change their interchange plan. And it wears out that style of play like we said the last few years, playing that power game. Yeah, guys that were busted. Vaughan played a lot of minutes. Packer had some injury problems, missed some games. Frizzell was getting needled. Dugan by the back end looked like he didn't care after the whole contract saga as well. It just, it all fell off a cliff for the Dragons. Yeah. But more disappointing is just those games were all there to be won. And uh, next year you put Hunt in, which is good. And Graham, I don't know if he fits, and I'm not 100% agreeing with it, but they don't have great depth again, which is another issue. They don't. But they're in a state now where someone like Joel Thompson also had a really, really good year because they're so stocked up in back row as they're considering letting him go to Manly. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm. I, I don't think I'd let him go. I wouldn't. 
No, like if, if you said to me he has to go because to relieve the cap pressure, then obviously well, yeah, you look I at think it. Think again. If he doesn't have to go, then I wouldn't be letting him go. I think yeah, my issue here moving forward is I, I love what they've done, but I think they're the one team that and I accused them of this last year. I listened to our preview from last year today. They basically dropped the ball trying to sign all these halves last year and no one wanted to bargain. And then they've just gone in hard early this year and said, fuck it, we're going to set the tone. And I think they overspent on Ben Hunt. And they would have looked well, during the year and they've gone, shit, we've gone a little bit too hard. Mm. Then they tried to lowball Widop, who came out and had a great year, and then they had to up his money. And then they've upgraded a bunch of guys. And I think they've sat down now at the back end of the year and gone, well, shit, we're very top heavy. Mm. And now they're looking at someone like a Thompson going, well, we've got Sims, DeBell, and Frizzell all loaded up. Host is locked in. We had a couple of good kids debut on the bench, and then I think their 20s player of the year they gave to a back row. So they're sitting there now kind of twiddling on their fingers thinking we've spent a bit a bit heavy on a few guys and our depth isn't looking so great. So, uh, Fair. A couple of good top-end players, but I, I worry for them next year that if they get any injuries, they're going to be in the same position again. Yeah. But overall, if you're a Dragons fan, you have to be disappointed, surely. You didn't see that start coming. But the no, ending, but once you're reacting to what's going on, yeah. you're disappointed. Absolutely. The ending was very, very poor. But um, some positives, uh, Vaughan, a goodbye, DeBell and Frizzell, those kind of guys, Woodop and Ben Hunt coming, fingers crossed things get better mm-hmm. for you next year. But eighth, uh, not by the way that they finished on the ladder. They ended up finishing sixth during the normal year, but eliminated eighth position was the Manly Seagulls. Uh, I had them finishing 13th. Uh, me too, yep. And I had them winning nine games. Yep. Uh, they were fourth in attack, 11th in defence. The overs-unders was nine and a half. I went unders. Yeah, I went under as well. Uh, and they finished 13th the year before. 27 players used. And uh, overall, you got to say, and, you know, it was a disappointing finish, but it was, I don't think it was a good year. They revived a couple of careers. I think their style was better. When they got uh, Siren and over... Uarte, Winnerstein's, these kind of guys, I didn't think they'd be the players that they were. I think Winnerstein had a fantastic year. Siren and I have been calling out for years, saying that he's basically there on name, and I'm waiting to see some good football. I thought he was great until he tore his peck. Yeah, he Walker was. back in his natural position. Green, the overall stabilising factor there, brought the best out of Cherry Evans. Coruscant leading that pack forward, and obviously the Trebojevic brothers are absolutely outstanding. But the big thing for them, I guess, is... They were one of those ones, again, that was kind of up and down. They had some flat spots, but they were hurt before a ball was even kicked because Matto and Stewart, they couldn't get any relief from those two, and they were already down a bit on their salary cap. So uh, a bit similar to the Dragons, but probably better overall during the year. Their depth really hurt them. Their depth did hurt them. They made the fewest amount of errors in the competition, which is an interesting stat, considering they got players like Cherry Evans, Chaboyevic, yeah, Coruscant. But I think um, pretty loose. Blake Green really settled them. Yeah, and I, I think he was a difference this year. Yeah, that that was an error on my my part in my preview of the season. I didn't take into account. Um, oh, I didn't think that Blake Green would have such an impact. Obviously, Trebojevic, um had a well. He progressed again this year into you know he's now a, he's a rep player. He's yeah. just made the Kangaroo squad. Cherry well, Evans' form was outstanding. Yeah, Jake as well. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, the guys like Tapao and well, you want value. he got the most uh, most offloads in the in the league, Tapao. Well, he finally did what I expected the year before. He played big minutes he and did. churned out, you know, effective numbers, offloads, tackle breaks. He was damaging every single one. They weekend. forced, well, they made the least amount of errors and they forced the most dropouts. So to me, that just tells me that they just built pressure and sides cracked. I think the big difference in the back end of the year, like I said, they just ran flat. I think they were four out of their back nine and... They could be there one week and they couldn't the other. They had a really disappointing game against the Bulldogs and then they towered Penrith up and then they played Penrith week one of the finals and they were just completely different Yeah, four sides, of their last so. nine, they won. Uh, moving 
into next year. A lot of year. sides sort of limped into the finals, didn't they? Yeah. Moving into next year, though, I think I'm looking at the fact that they've won the 20s. They've got some pretty good kids in that side. They've got a pair of good halves in Tommy Wright and Cade Cust. So maybe they're looking at that side of things as well as not wanting to pay green. Did you uh, like Cust? Not as much. I love him. Not as much as Wright. Then I don't think Wright and Chervin's work, but... Um, Olika R2, the big lock, Taniela Paseka they got from the Tigers, the front rower, pair of good centers and Samisi Kiawa and Tavita Funa. So they've got a little bit coming through, but signing wise, considering they freed up money, they haven't bought anybody. They only no. bought simply the big front rower from the Warriors, who I like a lot, and he'll help that bench. But um, if they get Thompson on top of that, I, I think that's a good move by Manly. But they haven't panicked. I think they're one of these teams that's waiting for this salary cap and some teams to say they need to offload players. And I think they're kind of hanging out a little bit in that sense. But, yeah. Um, I don't think they would have expected their twenties to win. No way. So, Finished eighth. Um, yeah, a bit of uh, the other. Probably the one thing I want to highlight out of all this as well is just stability. Um, why I thought they were good on the field, they always got drama off. Hmm. Like you know, Bob Fulton's constantly fighting with someone. I can't remember who the CEO, the principal, or whatever his name was earlier in the year. He was only there for a couple of months, and they fired him. Yeah. There was talk of you know brown bag payments again and trying to get people that were former staff members to roll over on people. Well, and there was the and Willie the, Peters, yeah, Willie Peters, and Dan Ferris and. The club just always seems to have something happening off the field, but the players always seem to be immune to it. Mm. And uh, they did a pretty good job of it, I think, this year. But honestly, off-field mainly, uh, yeah. Next year, though, if they can progress on that and if Green's still there, um, I, I think they can be definitely in the bottom half. But there's a glut of teams to me, bar like a top three or four, that are always competing for those bottom four or five spots. Yeah, I need, I need to see Green there next year. It's just one of those things. But uh, overall, if I'm a Manly fan, I'd be pretty happy with the season that they had. Just disappointed with the way the finals ended up. Uh, seventh place in the sense of where they were eliminated, the Cronulla Sharks. They finished fifth at the end of the season. I had them penciled in to finish sixth. Uh, I had them finishing fifth. So that's where they finished. You were on that, and I was one yeah. off. 15 wins, nine losses. Their attack, uh, they were 10th. The defense, they were second overall, which is no surprise. They were the premiers the year before, so obviously hard to top that. Overs, unders was 12 and a half. I had over. Yeah, I had them winning 14 games, so over. Yep. Uh, as far as what they used, 26, only one more than the normal. But honestly, uh, I think we factored in Ennis going was going to hurt, but the fact they had Braley, who was the 20s, nine of the year. Charrington, who was the former NZ hooker of the year a couple of years ago, gave good options. But from finishing last year's reviews to starting the season, we had the Ben Barber drama, and we didn't see that coming. No. Obviously, that threw another spare in the works because two points a year spine are gone, and they were the two most creative as far as points were concerned last year, not just the halves. So immediately that put more pressure on Maloney and Townsend as well as the young hooker. Um, as far as injuries are concerned, I don't think that's in the two major, but bar that middle part of the year where they had the pressure put on them at nine when Braley was out and uh, I think Farmanu got concussed as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the big thing is just the same thing we say every year. It's hard to back up. You're the hunted. Everyone comes after you. I think some of those older forwards looked older this year. I think they weren't as good in the middle. Uh, I think the younger guys like the Holmes and the Birds, they got paid. They played rip football. They've won a comp. I don't think they're anywhere near as hungry as what they were, especially Bird. I thought he was pretty disappointing. Uh, Maloney, most missed tackles in the comp, and I'm pretty sure the most penalised. He had an up-and-down year. He was looking for a payday. So I think it was the same old story from a team that's won the comp. Guys wanted to get paid. Other guys didn't look as motivated. They were very ill-disciplined, if if not the most errors, second most to probably the Roosters. And I'm pretty sure, bar Melbourne, they are the most penalised side in the comp. So. And they're getting old. They've got a lot of players that hit the 300-game mark. Uh, and we said that last year was probably their last chance to win a comp. Yeah, I... For me, it was the Barber, uh, well, losing Barber and then having Valentine Holmes go back there and he just didn't have the same impact. No. You know, and everyone sort of the year before was like, oh, you know, they're going to lose nothing. They're probably going to get better with Holmes at fullback. But 
it's very easy to impress on a wing. It's another thing to get to fullback and play well. And, you know, the, probably the only guy that's really done it in the last few years was Trebojevic. He went from wing to fullback and played really well, aside from uh, two of us, Sheksi, the other one. But I think in his it doesn't junior... doesn't happen as often as what people You can also think. see in their juniors, though. Holmes is always a good runner in the 20s. He never ball played at all. Yeah. Whereas Trebojevic has got all those tools, or Sheks had those tools. Like, guys like that have that, and they need to add to it. Holmes, to me, needs to work on that a lot. Um, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of it at all, but... We we factored in like I said in our reviews last year only for Innes and the Barb thing happened in the off season mm. and then obviously because Damien Keogh they had some off field stuff there as well so um, I think there was just a lot of crap overall through in the year when you won a comp the guys wanted to get paid guys were in and out there was a few older dudes like you said less motivation even some like a prior mm. prior was being talked about as a bolter at the back end of last year the way he finished the year yeah. this year I just thought he was okay for Fida finished the year last year massively basically won them the grand final was the best player on the field yeah started the year okay finished the year poorly but. There was just a lot of things happening. I think the best thing moving forward, like you said, they're getting older, but their 20s were outstanding. Yes, they did flop, but they're going to get a good group out of that. And they've made room for some of those guys as well it's in their salary cap. So Heinz has been moved on, Tagatese, et cetera. They're planning for these kids to come in. So Flanagan's son's a half. Britton Nakora is a back rower. Billy Magulius, the lock, the captain. Very Galanesque. He's just an absolute workhorse. There's, there's a lot of kids I could go all day in that team. And then on the recruitment, Dugan coming across, I think that might be a bit of insurance for Valentine Holmes, even though, again, he can't really ball play. Yeah. But you've got some versatility there in your back line is who you want to play fullback, centre. And Arvasi Manafana, I think he's been great the last few years at the Tigers. I think that's a sneaky, decent pickup to help the ageing forward pack. Agree. Uh, is that enough moving into next year to put them in a better position? I'm not so sure. I think they'll be in the top eight. Yeah, I but think I can't they'll see be scrapping. Can, I can't see them contending, but um, overall, I think, you know, disappointing the way they went out in week one. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I think. It yeah, was... well, the biggest disappointment will be not finishing the top four. Oh, and sacrilege! You, you, their premiership chances really went out the window there. Luke Lewis's comments, I think we both talked about it, were ridiculous. Saying, don't want to play Melbourne. We're glad we're out of the top four because we don't have to play Melbourne. Yeah. So they basically were happy not to be there and get two bites of the cherry. But then you basically saying, "Oh, we have to win every week," and they didn't. Week one, they took the Cowboys lightly, sixty-five percent. Well, it turns out right that even if they played Melbourne and lost, they still would have played the Cowboys anyway. Yeah, I think just, just a, a week later. A lot happens after you win the comp. There was a lot You'd of, rather play that extra week of footy and get a crack at Melbourne. Yeah. But a lot of things happen after you win the comp, like I said. And mm. uh, it's still not sorted yet. I don't know what's happening with James Maloney. There's still talks about him going to Penrith in a swap deal. but Yeah, but look, we saw things happening in February last year. So it's just going to, it'll rumble on for as long as it, well, until the ball's kicked next year. Yeah. Well, sixth place in elimination and they finished seventh after the regular season is the Penrith Panthers, the premiership favourites of the bookies by I have no idea why. Uh, That was ridiculous. I had them finishing seventh. Oh, sorry. I had them finishing fifth. I had them finishing sixth. Uh, And they got 13 wins, 11 losses. Their attack was sixth. Their defence was ninth. 2016, they finished sixth. The overs-unders was 15 and a half. I went under. I went under. I had them winning 14 games. They used 28, um, but... Plain and simple, expectations were not met. Uh, they were 2-7 and seven to start the year. Uh, we went about it all year. I think the tactics were wrong. I think the selections were wrong. There was plenty of guys. The marquees, when they don't step up to the plate, you know, I think Merrin was poor. I think Cartwright obviously had off-field stuff, injuries, and missed most of the year. You got Tarmow, who come down in a big chunk. Three highest-paid players, plus Moylan. I thought they were all pretty ordinary for the season. I think the forwards in particular... Struggled. Uh, there was a lot of things like Hiku and then the drinking thing earlier in the year and those couple of players, the Martin bullshit talk, and he ended up leaving the club. 
the best thing that happened is when they got to that kind of middle part of the year when Harawira and Ira Edwards kind of got in when Moylan went out mm-hmm. and when they finally started to fire up a little bit because Campbell Gillard just looked like he took the bull by the horns and led the forward pack forward. Um, it took those couple of guys to kind of lead a bit of a revolt and a bit of a revival, but also at the same time, and I said it during the year, sensitive or not Panther fans, you couldn't beat anyone in the top eight. No. They're, they're, yeah. they're drawn. The results are what they and are. And their wins, they are what they are, and you can only beat what's in front of you. But a big reason I think they made the finals is because they got a better draw. Um, yeah, you know, I also think because the other teams were just crap. But I just overall, I, I thought they they didn't play a real good brand of footy this year. Oh, they were the terrible. So yeah, inside um, twenty though. Probably just, well, the final against Manly, they played some good footy. Like they, well, they not looked, really. They scored off a couple. Yeah, of Yeah, but I mean, look at it. Round twenty six, they got their asses handed yeah. to them. It was um, a tough effort, but their attack probably sums up everything for me. I think they have no shape. They don't go in numbers. They leave. Well, clearly. they have a shape, but it's just one shape. It's just a get block, to a, a train on it. Yeah. So, the Harrow we're in Ira when people, oh, he got the change. Look, he dropped the ball four times. Well, it's pretty easy to drop the ball four times when four blokes are coming in on you because yeah. you're going to get the ball short and there's nothing else going on. Yeah, they need someone to really accompany Cleary and do it a solid combination, that's for sure. I still think Rain should have played more games. I think yep. Kakao should have been on the bench uh, over someone like a Tim Brown. Well, look what Rain and Kakao did in the ISP grand final. Well, look what Rain did when he was in. I think they won four or five and he let the forward pack go forward because he's yep. got to make the advantage line. Wallace is solid. He's a warrior, don't get me wrong, but he's been through the wars. Every game he was bleeding or busted and concussed. Uh, they're apparently moving on from Rain. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, in all honesty, I think... Their, their best players were easy to pick. It was Cleary, it was Campbell Gillard, uh, Harrower and I were good, Edwards are good at the back end of the year, but this was a wasted year in my eyes. I know they had a couple of injuries and a few off-field things and the Moylan thing's still carrying on now, but Merrin needs to get come back in shape and ready to rock and roll. Tarmow needs to fire up. Moylan, if he is staying, which is the talk now, he needs to come back, shut his mouth and just play some football. Mm. I'm sick of reading about it in the papers. Play good football. Just do your job um, and, yeah, he needs more help as far as Cleary is concerned, and Campbell Gillard needs some help. If all those guys get around, those two players in particular, Fords and uh, the half side of things, mm-hmm. and, and Griffin's got to open things up a little bit more. He's boring. His tactics are awful. Uh, they've got too good a squad not to do better. Agree. But uh, if Moylan is staying, which looks to go now, obviously that takes out of the, the equation of what we're worried about next year is who is playing next to May. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Cleary. Because my fear was if May's out, they're not going to go with Luai. They're going to put Cartwright at six again, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And he needs to have a big year next year. There's, uh, their four marquees, their four highest paid players all need to step up next season. Merrin, Tarmel, Moylan uh, and Cartwright. Big year for the Penrith Panthers moving forward. Fifth uh, in the way they were eliminated, but they finished top four. Massive year for the Parramatta Reels. I had them finishing 11th, but had talked in the preseason that I thought their forward pack was going to be good and it proved to be right. Yeah, I had them finishing 11th as well. So it's, uh, 16 wins, 8 losses, 8th in attack, 8th in defence. Last year they were 14th, obviously the salary cap drama. Overs, unders, 11 and a half. We both went under, I'm guessing. Yeah, I had them under. I had them winning 10. 27 U's, but uh, after a hard 2016, I expected them to be tough. They're a reflection of their coach, but I did not see coming. Well, they only happened. won two from their first six. Yeah, and they were... Uh, and then around that time, you know, sort of the Mitchell Moses, well, it wasn't then, but... Nah, but they started um, the year as far as their forwards being gritty. I think his first game was against the Bulldogs, was it? Where they kicked the field goal? Well, it was around then, so it was late in the season, but up until then, they'd sort of gone 50-50, and after that point, they... What did they win? Two, four, six... They won nine of their last nine ten. Nine of their last ten, so... The only loss was the Newcastle one. His addition was 
a fantastic one. Well, Gutherson coming to a new level, playing at fullback well. and centres and in the halves, and Corey Norman started the year on fire. Uh, obviously, the back end of the year, I think he took a bit of a back seat and was a bit disappointing, but Moses, like you said, uh, I give credit where credit's due. I had plenty to say about him earlier in the year, thought he needed to shut his mouth, play some good football, and when he got to Parramatta, you didn't hear a thing from him, no. and he played good football. He really Agreed. Did. Yeah, agree. So, we, 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 I was both, we were both on that. Uh, yeah, even someone, I, we, we were both dumbfounded at the Ford front row combination of Manor and Alvaro got them as far as it did, but <sighs> unbelievable. they did a job. Mau, all these kind of guys, Kenny Edwards is as much of a peanut as he can be. Off the bench. Shows you how um, much of the slack Nathan Brown was picking up. Yeah, Brown outstanding. I think Jennings... Well, they're going to get Kane Evans next year, so that's that's a big in well, if he can come there and bring his A game. They've also probably left some space, and I said about this last year, uh, last week. Their 20s may have lost the grand final, but there's plenty of guys there that are going to be moving Hot, up. So, 100%, yeah. Uh, Raymond Stone, the middle player. Oregon Confuci, the 18-year-old front rower. Fienga, the back rower. Uh, Lalicia, the winger for Rad Rara. There's a lot of positives coming through that system, but overall, they overachieved, like you said, this year. Moses is a great inclusion. Gutherson coming back is going to be big. French obviously hurt later on as well. So I think they're going to be dynamic. It's just fitting all the pieces in somewhere. Mm. Um, but if they're going to go back next year, to me, Gutherson's the fullback. French yep. can play off a wing. You can still get him involved like they did when he used to be there. But he can't be back there taking the kick returns. He's too small. Yeah, um, I agree. Your halves are going to get another off-season together. Norman's the one who needs to step up, though. And nine's yeah, he the question. Yeah, seems to start the year really well, Norman, but not finish it well. Well, nine's the question, and they made they touched base with Mitch Rayner earlier in the year, but weren't interested at the price. The way he finished the year, he got cup hooker of the year. He's five games or six games up. He was great. If I'm Brad Arthur, if they've got money, I want Mitch Rain. I agree. I want him because as good as I thought King was, he's injury prone and Kaiser Pritchard's injury prone too. Yeah, Kaiser Pritchard. So if you can get Rain over there with Evans joining your front row rotation, the couple of guys they had, I think the only other spot that still kind of bothers me is Takarengi. I think he does a good job, and he's got better ways at Parramatta, but defensively, he can be exposed at centre. I think they need another genuine centre. But uh, Dane Akafalao in their 20s and a couple of guys there, I don't know if any of them can move up or not, but that's one other spot that stands out to me. But another off-season, these couple of guys, Gutherson coming back, things are looking brighter for Parramatta. And what a great thing it is in one year, that board getting flicked, Bernie Gurr getting in, Arthur getting full control, Things look really stable moving forward at Parramatta. Yeah. And they won the SG ball as well, so they're going to have another good crop of kids coming in to their 20s. So, yeah. uh, Overall, positive year for them. Fourth in finishing, but third actually when the uh, regular rounds finished was the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, I had them finishing uh, fifth. What did you have? The Brisbane Broncos, I had them finishing first. I, I thought they'd be right up there. Well, their first couple of well, games, they, could have been. they only lost by four points or less. So mm-hmm. I think they were two and three there. If they would have won a couple of those, it would have been closer. Well, they lost by uh, one, two, and three. Yep. And uh, 16 wins, eight losses for the year. Attack, they were second. I think that's a bit padded by a few blowouts they had. But uh, defensively, fourth. The year before, they were fifth. Overs, unders, 14 and a half. I had over. So Yeah, I had sorry. over. Yeah, I had them winning 16. Uh, sorry, I had them winning 18. Used was 26, but I think the hard thing here is the losses that they had at the back end of the year, which basically laid any chance to them playing finals. And, uh, you know, not many did rate them. A lot of people said Wayne lost the rooms and everything was done. I think they're all crazy. Brisbane turn up every year, generally give a good account of themselves. There was nothing that was going to make me take them out of the finals. No. That's for sure. And, uh, you know, they punched above their weight. They didn't have the biggest middles. But Sims turned up, did a pretty solid job. Asase did a great job off the bench. Offhand Gowie finally found his way back in after being in the bad books. And then you've got guys like Pungai Jr. And obviously Maguire, he was huge filling in. 
Parker's boots there. But the guy that was having a huge year was Andrew McCulloch. And the moment he went down, I said that was, for me, the end of their season. And Boyd laid on, obviously got hurt as well. They had multiple halves pairings. Milford was playing with a shoulder that they knew needed to be reconstructed. They didn't know if he was going to be able to finish the year out. But once they had all that doubt on their spine, Hunt going in to strengthen a weakness, I thought was a bad idea. We both agreed on that playing nine. He should have been in the halves. Uh, they were fodder by the time they got to Melbourne. But I think the real thing that I'm going to give you a wrap on, I thought they were great against Penrith. I thought they were really tough to push through that game even. And I thought they were tough week one against the Roosters. Yeah, I agree. Um, and- I agree. I agree. They just could never get any cohesion. They had injuries, plays in and out, and it looks next year like they're going to lose some depth, and I'm not sure that Jack Burr's going to solve all the problems for the guys going out the door. Well, I think I highlighted it and we brought this year. If they're already bad in the middle, Asase's gone, so you've still got Offerhen Gowie and Pungai Jr., but they're putting a massive, massive, massive question mark and ask on their kids if they're letting Blair go as well. Because basically what you've got left over is your two bench forwards in Offerhen Gowie, uh, and Pungai Jr. Mm-hmm. Sims will be coming back, but Blair's gone. And then you've we lost got Savelio, uh, Andre Savelio from Warrington. But isn't he more of a back row? Jack, yeah. So he's not playing tight, but they're going to put a Jack massive Bird. ask on getting lodged. And you've lost, yeah. You've so, lost Hipgrave, Arrow, SESE, Hunt, Marshall, Monga, and Francis Moller. But they've signaled their intentions in my eyes. Lodge is basically going to get registered. So you're putting massive ask on a kid who's been playing Q Cup. Pat Carrigan, their 20s captain and player of the year. They're going to put an ask on him to be playing top squad. And Payne Haas, who's the 16-year-old freak, giant of a man. Got their best forward, I think. I think he's coming up as an 18, 19-year-old. So they're basically putting it on three kids. Two kids and another guy, Lodge, who's got all the potential in the world yeah. that hasn't been playing first grade due to off-field stuff the last few years to come in and fix their middle problem. Uh, and they got Pat Mago from the Cowboys, which is a good snag of my eyes. Yeah. So they're all cheaper options, but are those four going to fix your problem? I don't know. Mm. That's a big ask. And Jack Bird, where's he playing? Boyd, you fullback. You've well, lost, I don't know, yeah. You've lost Mogo, so he's probably your centre, but I can't see him in the halves. No. As much as I don't think Nikarima is the answer there, I'd rather Nikarima in the halves than Bird. I think Bird's just a bore runner. I don't think he's a bore player. I don't think he's got a kicking game. I don't see him as a half at all. Yeah. And then they're talking now that Maguire's going to play front row and he's going to play lock. Well, lock's changed. So I don't know if you can get him to play. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of questions Bird. hanging over the Broncos next year. Um, yeah, I think I think That they, was the close of their window. I think they did really well to get to the prelim, considering the circumstances. They're going to need, next year, they're going to need McCulloch. Milford and Boyd ought to be injury free and that hasn't been the case for the last few years but take that even out of it all those middles I just mentioned those kids are going to have to come in and be more than solid and Nick Arima, what is he going to play halfback well, is that how it's going to have to that's be? what he signed him for but Carrigan Lodge all those guys are going to have to come in and be more than solid or they're going to have to push Maguire there put Bird to lock and put those kids on the bench because you're basically putting all your future in your middles on children yeah it's a big ask Yeah. and usually guys that come in do well for a few games and then they burn out during the middle of the year First season. Yeah. So that's the big question, I think, for Brisbane. But uh, overall, given the death blow that was McCulloch getting hurt and uh, Boyd in a couple of guys' bust at the back end of the year, I thought they finished off pretty well. Roosters uh, ended up finishing third as far as when they were eliminated, but second during the regular season. Item finishing seventh. Uh, item finishing eighth. Yep. So they got back in. Uh, attack, they were seventh. Defensively, they were third. The year before, second last. Overs, 12 and a half. I went over. You went over as well. Uh, no, I went under. So you went bang on 12? I went under. I said 12, yeah. Yep, 26 players used, but massive bounce back year. But the year before, I can frame this up pretty simple for you. They got Gordon over at fullback. They needed that because they lost Sheck. 
Uh, they got Kiri over, so they filled in that spine spot there. Pierce was playing round one this year because he wasn't suspended. Rhea Hargraves wasn't injured. Cordner wasn't injured. So you've already started with three of your best players. Mm-hmm. Plus friend there, completing that spine. The big issue here with the awesome forward pack, Napa moving to origin, Rhea Hargraves back to best form. All these guys outstanding. Tedavano, great bench value. Tokiaho. You can highlight all those things, but for all the little flashes you got, you just never got 80 minutes. That sums up their whole year. Nothing yep. else really needs exactly. to be said. Uh, I think they become more dynamic next year with Tedesco at the back. That's a huge inclusion. But I honestly think this year that when Connor Watson played those few games at fullback, I thought they looked more deadly because he brought, well, the, ball, gone, he brought so. the ball playing aspect, but that doesn't really matter now. But errors and discipline just killed them. They only hurt themselves. The best game they played all year was against Melbourne. That's the closest they played to 80 and again, they didn't finish off the 80 minutes. With three or four minutes to go, they made the error. A couple of charge downs gave that game away, but so many times they did exactly that. The Tigers game, they get three quick tries. Next 60 minutes, just they have these patches of errors, nil discipline. Yeah, they do. Brisbane game in the semi, every time they look like they're getting away, a couple of errors, and next minute, Brisbane's back on their tail. Yeah. The whole year for the Roosters, that was the story. Um well, exactly. We, we said it every week. When are we going to get 80? And we never did. Yeah. And they finished second, which highlights how weak the rest of the competition was. Yeah. I know they won a lot of close games, but... For next year, though... If they're the second best side, you know, Melbourne were always going to do it quite comfortably, and that's why they, Melbourne was such short odds. Criticism again came, levelled at Pierce. Do you think it's justified? Because I... Oh, uh, yeah, I do. To, to some degree, I, I do, I still yeah. think, again, for all those losses, you can't just point the finger at him. I you thought can't. the forwards were, you know, pretty poor in that semi. And the tactics. Just uh, blame The bombing tactic is clearly a tactic. It's not it just is a Pierce. tactic. Uh, I think that's probably more a reflection on the seven-tackle set rule, but a lot of teams are doing it. Um, yeah, well, they're... they're cut- I, I don't know. I, look, Pierce, to me, doesn't have a good record in big games. No. So that that's of, of some concern, and... There's got to be but, some a point in time when that changes, and you look at the tools he's got around him and he's what he's tools. doing with those tools. You know, look at Michael Morgan, what Morgan did with less. Yeah, Pierce has struggled to do that also, for a consistent period of time. So I also look at it again, and like that semi-final, though, as I'm more saying, people go, "It's his fault." I'm like, "Well, the amount of errors they no, made." No, I don't think it was his fault. The forward pack, Napa, Jabari Hargraves only made 40 meters. Like things like that, you can't just all look at the halfback and go, "Well, that's his fault." No. I think. I think he had an outstanding first half of the year. I think the second half of the year wasn't as good. But I stick by what I've said before when people bring out rep football. The only one who's playing better who I'd consider I wouldn't throw to the Wolves is Cleary. I wouldn't do it to him because we don't have a coach yet. We don't have a great culture. And the side at the moment is just not in a state where I'd want to put Cleary in. But other than him this year, who else? Like, uh, I don't think, he, I think six he's a, months away. I think he's a good – yeah, but in general, like even club people saying he's a bad football. I don't. I think he's a good club football. Oh, I don't think he's say he's a bad club football. That's just, I think there's just a hateful stop for him. But uh, Kieran, yeah, he's probably earned that a little bit too. You know, like, oh, he's done I some get, off-field that. stuff. That's yeah. fair enough. But. He's earned a bit of that. And he plays for the Roosters, who are hated pretty much. Kiri, great comeback year for him. Um, obviously, very dynamic in attack for them. Friend's one who's got to work on some stuff. I think he got a bit kick-happy and went away from what he does well this year. Mm. Um, couple it looked of those, a bit slow for me. A couple of those forwards are pretty good. But like your Fergusons, some of the errors from the outside action. The Trill Mitchell... Uh, for as good as he is, the fact he was spoken about as a bolter is a joke. Um, his errors and his discipline are disgraceful at times. Some of the things he do, they are exceptional, but he needs to mature and a lot faster. Yep. The errors and some of the grab stuff and the tackles just well, kill he me. kicked dead twice and threw some dumb passes, and yeah, you get the flash of brilliance, but the to fl- be a first grader, you've got to get that shit out of your game. But honestly, it's a loaded side again for what's lost in Guerra, 
uh, moving out. They just got Madison or someone who's been great or Orbison to fill the back row spot. Yeah, they should uh, be better next year. Gordon for Tedesco, it, like they definitely should be better next year. So, yeah. but honestly, in summing up, that was a blown opportunity. They should have been in the grand final. They're the only team in my yeah, yeah. that had a chance to challenge Melbourne yeah. realistically, uh, player for player. Second, and the runners-up in the competition was the Cowboys, uh, eighth, just slipping into the finals. I had them finishing third. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, injuries quelled that, but 13 wins, 11 losses, 10th in attack, 5th in defence. The year before, they finished 4th and obviously got hammered in that prelim. Overs, unders, 15 and a half. I had overs. They st- I had over. Obviously, yep. uh, they used 32 players, though, second most in the competition, only to the Titans. Mm. Um, yeah, I had them win 16 games. They, they still managed to win 13 despite all that, which was incredible. But JT, Gornski's early and he was in and out when he was injured and then he got finished off in origin. Scott gone. Game two, they never replaced Tarmow, so you've lost. seven games, Thurston. Yeah, but he was injured in a couple of them, didn't finish it, yeah, I think. So. so basically, you've lost the Australian front row and the best half in the comp. You've still got a good core, which we probably overlooked a little bit in the back end of the year when we kept rapping. They still had 13, 14 guys that played in the grand final, but it was a massive ask to lose those guys. Then they had four guys going to origin. They lost Granville for some games, Winnerstein, Paddy Kafusi out for the year, O'Neill missed a portion, Coop missed games, Spiner. Um, they only had five guys play every game this season, which sums up how bad they had it with injuries. And it's they've been one of these sides that's been healthy for a long time now, but it hit them hard this year. And then Origin snuck up on them during that period, and they lost Morgan. Cooper got caught in. Hess got a debut. So they were strained in that period as well. Yeah. Um, and amazingly, it was after Origin where they won a couple in a row, but then the back end of the year, they lost five of their last six because they had to play basically the top four and then the Panthers, who were also in the top eight at the time. They had the toughest run home. and It all summed up, I guess, when they said Kane Lynette was drinking beers on a boat fishing and then he found out that the game between the Bulldogs and the Dragons was, yeah. wasn't going the way that they'd thought. And most having of them, a lot of faith in the Bulldogs, did he? Yeah, like most no of them were, uh, they were done, the Cowboys boys. And the next minute they're back at training, they get through the grand final. And the big thing that struggled at the back end of the year was their attack. Yeah, And they also, obviously, I was, also, I was looking today, making a lot of errors in those last five or six games. But the one thing they fixed come week one of the finals was their errors. They yeah. completed at 90% for three games in a row, and the three teams they played completed at 65. And they took their opportunities inside 20, and they had the best forward in the comp and the best half in the comp at the time, as well as a good supporting cast doing a job, and it got them all the way to the grand final. Yeah, it did. Um, uh, unbelievable. I, I can't, still can't believe that they got there. Uh, they were totally outclassed when they did. Um, but to do what they did, despite all the injuries they had... And then guys Diversity. playing injured still. Unbelievable. They actually got healthier as the finals went on, which is mm. scary. They got guys coming in. I think their side improves, to be fair. Like they get in Jordan McLean, who's, who's to me, one of the best up-and-coming prop, uh, props in the competition. And Scott and JT should be rep football free. Yeah, they've got... Uh, otherwise, the only real notable loss is Caelan Ponga, who... Well, he's not going to get a run in that fullback there with Coots, one of JT's favourite uh, friends or players off the field apparently as well. He's got a good left foot kick. But the two big things here, I guess, on top of that is Morgan's development without Jonathan Thurston was amazing. Um, he yeah. spoke to Cronk, he spoke to Thurston... He kind of played that backwards role. And a lot of people said, oh, he's never played that well. Well, it's hard to be number one if you're not allowed to be. With Thurston there, you're not going to be able to play the role he did. When handed the reins, he was incredible. We already knew he was powerful, that he's fast. He's a dynamic runner of the football. The kicking game was clinical. The edge defense was outstanding. Some of the decision-making. When they needed a try scored, he's the one who scored it. He kicked 40-20s. 
he ticks every box, and you could now look at him and say he's one of the best footballers in the world, let alone the best halves in the NRL. So yeah. you put that back with a rep-free Jonathan Thurston, the newest Australian front rower joining Scott if he's healthy next year, Cooper, Hess's development was pushed along this year. I think Granville found better form and more responsibilities, put him at the back end there as well. All those guys in the back line that just do some dirty work. Uh, Ethan Lowe, I thought, coming back from a back injury, slow start of the year, fractured eye socket at the back end of the year, kicking goals. He was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Scotty Bolton stepping up. Tamari Martin was dragged to the absolute shit the whole year. And if anything's true and Penrith came out, they've all denied everything that happened, but I think he... Played no, very, I, but very that well. was more paper talk. Like, I get that. Gus gave him a pretty glowing reference. I'm still saying, left. like, for everything he went through to go up there, he played with a bad medial. He was great at the back end of the year as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm with you 100%. For everything they've had to face, they're looking very strong heading into next year. And losing a grand final hurts. Look at Melbourne and look at most teams and see how struggling in those few years. They're going to have a fire under their ass next year. And I think if it's JT's last season, look out. Yeah. It's just going to be an impressive... Impressive side, but if you're going to highlight two players, you can't go past Morgan and Tamalola. Exceptional seasons. Yeah. All around of the Cowboys. Great work. Um, huge season by them. The last one, though, and I think very appropriate. They won the competition. They were the minor premiers. They were three clear of everybody else. Uh, I picked them to finish first. I don't know where you had them. Would you have I had them, them finishing second. So right around. Well, but I had them, uh, I had a Cowboys Storm Grand Final. So Well, I've got all our other predictions after we finish the teams here and we we're pretty good this year. But <sighs> number one, just all this. First in the comp, first minor premiers, 20 wins, four losses, first in attack, first in defense. And they had that burn from last year that we talked about. But the scary part is they got better. Yeah, there's not much um, to talk about with Melbourne. They were we, simply a cut up, cut above. And what? they used 31 players, so they had a big toll in origin. They didn't have any mate. Like the two big injuries for the year were guys that didn't play a big part, which is Welch who would have been on the bench and Blair would have been overtaken by Scott. But you've still got to pay some respect to the fact that Slater was no guarantee to come back. And not only did he come back, he was outstanding. Mm. Smith had his best season, possibly, at age 34. Yeah. And I'm... Not going to be harsh to him because he's been brilliant the whole time, but I think he's been distracted. I think we won the comp with an average Cooper Cronk. I agree. Yeah. I think his influence was not really felt and it wasn't really a big factor because our one and nine were so good. We had two gun edge threats when Harris come back. Felice went from a 15-minute bench player to one of the best back rows in the comp. Munster creates so much room for his outside men because you've got to worry about him running. Uh, you know, On the other side, Felice had an offload as well as been able to hit a hole. Chambers is the best centre in the comp, hands down. I think Curtis Scott is the best young centre. And, you know, if he had another season like that next year, I think he'd be a bolter for a rep jersey. We had the two best wingers in the comp. I think we... Glasby was the one that nobody's ever given any credit to. Played Origin this year. Does his job. He gets quick to play the balls. Nelson Solomona. Kenny Bromwick. Like, they had the best side. By a mile. By a mile. But I think the scary part is... By a mile, my friend. And they only had two legit... Losses like yeah. the Sharks in the pouring rain down at Amy Park, and the other one was the shootout with the Titans. Yeah, and that was very un Melbourne like. They conceded thirty eight points, and but the other one was the field goal from Pierce in Origin, which is again they should have won, but you can understand why they didn't. Well, missing their Origin kill guys, yeah. Um, and then the other one was the Eels again during Origin. So, to, but to win twenty games, twenty games. But summing this up, this is the young, games. this is the youngest we've ever been. The Melbourne Storm as yeah. a club, and the scary part is I didn't know. Yeah, but not at the elite end. So no, you're, you're relying on these younger guys, and they do look like they've got the potential to turn into elite, but they're not yet. But you've also got to just look at it from the sense of I didn't think they'd be able to rebuild 
this quick and I know they had a tactic a few years ago that they started to identify some juniors in their own pathways and externally that they wanted to get in. But the guys that came in this year during Origin, I think have proved that the rebuild is well and truly on track. So yeah. Kronk goes out the door, you've got Brody Croft, who even Kronk's admitted himself is better than he was at this point and is definitely a much more natural number seven. Yeah. Munster can play six or one and if you don't like him, you've got Jerome Hughes who has overlooked at two clubs that should have kept him in the Titans and the Cowboys. He can play one, he can play six. The club's got so much faith that they're actually said now that Munster's more likely to stay at six and Hughes play at one. Mm. Brandon Smith, a nine. Brilliant. Jax is a bit of a late bloomer, but he's a good footballer. You've seen Scott, you've seen Adokar, you've seen Woody, Felice's development. Ugh, like Jesse's still going to be there. And then next year, like I know they lose McLean, but Cassiano's coming with half the bill footed by the Bulldogs and he's going to work with Craig Bellamy. The only yeah, they've got some good. They've got some good young forwards coming through. So. It's the same side, but with three guys that are going to be. What out would you there. do there? You just tag team Nelson and Cassiano together, or something like that. Croft is swapping with Cronk. You've got the back row spot, which I think Joe Stimson proved in his games that he's a good starting player, and it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he took that role. If not Kenny for Tohu, who didn't he only played eleven games. It'd be Kenny. Well, I think Kenny. Stimson started over him yeah. when he was there, and he he was pretty good, but. Cassiano Glasby. takes that bench role. That's the only changes. So I think next year they're looking pretty good again. Yeah, they are. And then you've got Blair coming It'll back. It'll just be that and Cooper Cronk spot. I know he didn't play great, but yeah. whether that half can win a comp. Like, it's okay to win games well, in, in the NRL, but I don't think they're gonna can win you a comp. win a big game? I don't think they're going to win a comp, but with Slater returning and all those guys there, the I top four. Melbourne's going to be in your top four and they're going to pest you again. I think the big thing now with Croft coming in is can he be consistent for 24 24 I, games. I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't be in the grand final again. I reckon just they're based on be... what they what they did and really what they lost. I, I don't know, man. Well, the, the Roosters, the Cowboys, and Melbourne already looking at what's in and out for next year. Are almost. Well, they're not looking like they're going to slide. Top four shoe-ins almost. It's well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd do my season preview now, and I'd have all three of those in my top four. I'm with you, and I'd have to talk well, I don't about know who the other, the other one is. Yeah, but, but those three don't look like a whole. And lot again, to this far out, I, if one of those teams didn't win it next year, I'd be if Cowboys, Roosters, or Melbourne didn't win it next year, I'd yeah. be shocked. But what a year! They started off, I think, six of eight or seven of eight, and then during Origin, they only lost those two games. Finished off winning ten in a row. The evolution of a lot of those kids, like we said, the emergence of. Felice Kafusi and these kind of guys, Munster, Slater's return, um, and they've blooded the new generation. This is scary. I'll be interested to see how young Ryan Papanusen goes uh, at Melbourne. He's a good player, comes through the injury. system at Balmain, but I'll be interesting. prone and uh, yeah, but you missed, know what? Missed this Bellamy. whole season, but I think it's a good off-season. I think that's a long-term project. Though. They've got him signed for a couple mm. of seasons, so uh, yeah, I think. That's fine, but he's one to keep an eye on. Yeah, good, uh, great season overall. Fitting finish. Great uh, season for you, uh, as usual. For the Storm, mate, in general, though. That's a fitting finish for what happened last year and the return of Slater and the end of Kronk. It's uh, mm. pretty massive, but there you go. Season wrapped up for every single one of those teams. But looking at the ladders that we had and we went through what we had in finishing, out of our top eight, we both picked six of the top eight. Yeah. So the two we say basically every year, there's always two teams that you don't expect and there's usually two teams you think that'll be in that go in and out. That yep. happened again. So those two for us this year uh, were obviously the Raiders and the Warriors. The Raiders, the big one that surprised us, I suppose, missing. Huge. Uh, the two that got in that we didn't see happening, the Dragons, I think they overachieved yep. uh, massively. Oh, sorry, no, the Dragons didn't end up getting in. My bad. Who got in that we didn't pick? Eels. Eels and the Eagles, sorry. So Eels and Eagles. Yeah, had them both kind of on the fringe, but 
Um, yeah, six of the eight is pretty good. Overs, unders, this is the worst year I've had. I went eight of 16. The last yeah, few I years, went, I've gone 12 and 13. I yeah. went nine. So, yeah, the last two years, 12 and 13. But I'll tell you what, we did have a good year in. Uh, Premiers, I picked the Storm. Correct. Spoon, I picked the Knights. Correct. Slider, I had the Dogs. That was correct. To improve, I had the Roosters. Correct. Broncos is a dark horse. I think making the prelim, you could consider them uh, an achievement. I picked Cleary for the top point scorer. I picked Vunavalu as the top try scorer. Hodgson, the Dalian, went down. Uh, and my sure bet wasn't a good thing. But overall, my minor premiers with the Raiders, I, you know, to pick the Premier, the Spoons, points, try, uh, and then in my own personal bets, we both talked about on the show, and a lot of people here, you picked the Cornella. You had Cowboys Storm Grand Final. Yeah, I did, yeah. I think we both had Roosters top New South Wales team for the betting, which ended up happening. Yeah. Um, we both, I, I dabbled into Cameron Smith. After. Well, we both had Vunny to be top try scorer. We both collected on that. We had Queensland region to win. We cashed out on that. Yeah. And that was by the final four. We had two teams remaining. We both had the Cowboys as well as Storm with money, so that was another cash-out job. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, we had a profitable year. A very good year as far as the betting is concerned. Overs, unders, a lot of those were close as well. And so. even in your ones here, you had the Cowboys to win the comp. They almost did. Uh, your well, minor premier. Give me, give me them full strength. They go close. You had a good game. Broncos minor premiers didn't happen, but again. They could have. They, uh, they could have been there. Knights is the spoon. You were right. Slide of the dogs, you were right. Improve of the Warriors, obviously not. No. Panthers is a dark horse. It didn't happen. Point scorer, you had Cleary as well. Top tries, you had Addo Carr or French. No, I think you got those wrong. I had top points, I had Kahu, and that that was wrong. Top tries, I had Vunavalu. Okay. So, overall, pretty good, but like I said, uh, futures. I had JT to win the medal, but he he obviously got injured. Honestly, anyone that listens to this show, and I've looked at the back for years, usually on the futures and the overs-unders, we're pretty bloody good. So yeah, well, if you bet, well, we've never gone, we've never gone negative on the overs unders. No, nah. well, the last two years when you couldn't do it, I went thirteen and twelve. That's pretty good. But these mm. like futures again, if you would have backed all these, you'd be absolutely cheering. Yeah, Storm Cowboys thirty-one to one grand final. Very positive Bang. year as far as those are concerned. But the last thing we're going to quickly have a look at, not too much uh, in squads and talking about players, etc., because not all of it's been named yet. But the World Cup box head. Yep. Um, so well, we're going up to the final, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but. I'm just looking forward to having some footy back on it. It starts two weeks this Friday uh, with Australia and England. It's weirdly constructed. They've got those the three, oh, sorry, the four pools. Uh, pool A and Pool B have got the other uh, bigger pools, and yeah. three out of those four go out. And then you've got the C and D pools where only the winner will come out of those. Yeah. Uh, look, the competition will start come semi-finals. I'd, I'd say that it'll be Australia, New Zealand, England, and Tonga that will make the semi-finals. But yeah. you know, I think Australia and England are really locks to be there. Um, outside of that, New Zealand have really come back to the field with losing their better players, well, having Taumalolo, their best fit player, look, go across. Look at the forward pack alone. That's enough. So Foran's pulled out, right? So you've lost one of your better halves. They've gone with Levi instead of Luke, who's had a good year. But again, it's a new big risk. And then you look at the forward pack. The only starting forward left from the Anzac test is Russell Packer. You've lost Bromwich by suspension, Proctor by suspension, Tamalolo doesn't want to play there. Uh, there was a couple other guys that have rumoured don't want to play there, Tokiaho, et cetera, that have all gone to play for Tonga instead. Uh, it's, it's crazy to think. It is really crazy to think, but... There's only two games in Sydney as well, which is really, really disappointing. Do you agree with me in that, though, that it's mainly a fact that there's probably so many games during the year and a lot of these games are smaller teams that probably wouldn't be embraced in Sydney? I I think the Pacific Island games would have been smart at Penrith and Parra if the stadium was open, but those two games... Where are those games? The Pacific Island games. Most are in New Zealand, aren't they? Yeah, New Zealand, Samoa. 
uh, what's the other? Some old Tonga, yeah, okay. Well, that that's fair. But enough. I'm just looking at these ones. Like I said, no offense to anybody out there, you're probably blowing up because there's some diehards in Sydney that watch the footy. But I think they've picked all these areas where they usually only take a game or two and get big crowds and thought, well, we'll reward them with the World Cup stuff with these smaller ones because they're probably going to turn up just because there's a game on. I don't know. So I can't really blame them. I said it last week. I, it was the start and the end of um, what's his name, Corey CEO, Corey Payne. Yeah, yeah. He he came out and absolutely sprayed the World Cup organisers. And to I, I may go to the Australia Lebanon game, but I'd say no, I won't. I'm not. I'd well, say let, I won't. We're going to fly up for the final, obviously, but and that'll be good. But and the women's World Cups all at uh, Cronulla, but I won't be going to that. No. I won't be driving to Cronulla. But that's what I mean. That's all at Cronulla, I think, because they're generally the strongest in that women's competition. And then the final is obviously at Brisbane as well. But looking at the main draw, let's go for the pool. So Pool A, Australia, England, France, and Lebanon. Three come out of that pool. Pool B is the New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga, and Scotland. Three also come out of that pool. And the smaller pools, only one team comes out. So in the C pool, Papua New Guinea, Wales, Ireland. And in the D pool is Fiji, USA, and Italy. And then from there on, basically it's a bit weird to figure it all out. But in pool A, you pick an Australia, England, and France, yes? Are you three? Uh, Australia and England, yes. But France, I'm not overly convinced on. And Lebanon, I think have got some. Well, they've got Leisha, I think Moses, maybe Farah, Manor. Do you know what I mean? Twal. They've got some players there. They could, they could beat, in my opinion, they could beat France. I'm not saying they will, but I think no. that that game will decide whoever comes out, France-Lebanon. Well, no offence to either, but they won't progress after that. Well, they so won't. No, if, I know that, but I'm yeah, saying yeah, I'm not going to lock them in. But if I'm just going to say from now, I'll, I'll just say France then, all right, just for uh, argument's sake. In the B pool, New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga, and Scotland. Uh, Scotland's probably the one I'm going to leave out. So, Again, I think it'll be Scotland, Samara. I think Tonga and New Zealand are locks to go through. Yeah, but if you had to pick one now, Samara or Scotland, you'd say Samara? I don't know. Well, we'll just pick oh, I haven't seen we'll, either. I, I don't know, mate. We'll say Samara. So that's New Zealand, Samara and Tonga. So there's three from those pools coming out. Out of the sea pool, Papua New Guinea, Wales and Ireland. I'm going to say think Papua. think PNG. So that's your one. And but Wales of, will be solid. So will Ireland. Yep. And in the D pool, Fiji, USA, and Italy. Italy. It'll be Fiji, Italy, USA, you yep. wouldn't think. But as I, we said it before, USA got through yeah, and won their pool. pool with Cook mm. Islands and that last time. I think last, this time. Last time we had Cook Islands flying through that group, and I don't think they won a game. So you got Tedes- just don't know. Tedesco, Vaughny, Brown, Alvaro. But the know. point of this is, this is why I like it, because this is the most exciting part of the tournament, in that you yep. don't know who's going to win these games, and they often become the most exciting. Yeah. Because the competition, as you say, they might progress out of the group, but they're not going to make the final. So, yeah. but the way it works, say Fiji wins that, they're the only team that comes out. So what they've got is the winner of A versus the B pool's third team, the B pool's second team versus the winner of the only winner from D. The winner of the B pool plays the third place in the A pool. So basically, it all corresponds somehow. Yeah. If you're second in the two big pools, you versus the winner of the two outside pools. The two first place winners from A and B play the guys that come third in those other pools. Yeah, you'd think that, yeah, the winners, the two winners will go to either side of the draw. So the result that leaves you with, if Australia is the first team out of the A pool, they play B3, which is Samoa in my book. Yeah. So that's Australia, Australia Samoa. Australia win that. Uh, second out of the B pool being New Zealand. I think Tonga have a big chance of finishing first. So I'm going to just put it that way for now. They versus the winner from D, which is Fiji. Jesus, you put Tonga through us first. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. That's going to be a close okay. game, yeah. but just being general. Either way, you're just yeah, doing it for okay. hypothetical yeah. sake. Uh, the winner of B1 is Tonga. They'd have to play A3, which would be France or Lebanon. you think they'd win that. Yeah. And then your other quarterfinal is A2 versus the winner of C, uh, which is England versus Papua New Guinea. 
So that then leaves you with quarterfinals if England win of Australia versus New Zealand in the semi-final. Sorry. Oh well, wait. Yeah. Australia beats Samoa in the quarter. New Zealand to beat Fiji. You reckon? Yeah. Tonga beats France and England beats Papua. Your semi-finals then would be Australia versus New Zealand and Tonga versus England. That's your best case scenario if you're looking at the squads as they are now. So Australia are going to get the harder side of the draw, really. Realistically, if Tonga mm. can do a job. I think the big thing for Tonga is the forward pack's outstanding. It's the spine. Mm. If it's Lola here, Arta Hingano, uh, you know, Saliva Harvili or whoever's going to play nine, I can't remember the squad exactly, and Hopawate, are they going to be able to create enough points with that forward pack? But then look at New Zealand. They're when I be say in a good enough position to have enough chances. When I say the spine for New Zealand, if you take out Kieran Foran and Johnson struggles and Levi doesn't do as good a job or Nicarima and Sheck or whatever, yep. if they don't have to go for it, are they going to get enough opportunities? So it's a bit of a... Who knows, yeah. But Australia, New Zealand, I'd be backing Australia with the way things are. And the Tonga-England game, if England picked the right squad, I'd find it hard them not to go through. Mm. I'd be shocked if Australia didn't win it. So the final we're expecting, you'd agree, was Australia-England, regardless of whether you disagree with some of the pool games. Yeah. So Australia-England, I honestly, no offence, I, I enjoy the World Cup and we're going to the final, but I can't see England beating Australia. No, neither can I. And I don't think they'll pick the right but squad. But I, I hope they give us a good shake. I don't want to see a shit final. 34-2. There's the last final you said not long ago. I hope we don't go up for Brisbane for that. But well, we, way, last time we went, we, we uh, New Zealand won. We saw that huge upset game where Slater threw that pass and Monaghan and a few guys had some Barry Crockers and New Zealand rolled us. So, yeah. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen again, but I'm hoping for a competitive final. But if you're going to say picking off the best squads possible, Australia and England should be the two teams we're watching in the final. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Season done. The season is over. The started in started in Honolulu. NRL podcast. En route to the Super Bowl, and here we are. Absolutely huge. But there you go. You got our awards. Like we said before, we're going to put it up later on. We're going to ask you for your teams of the year, one to seventeen. Don't get offended by what we've named people. Otherwise, bang your head on a desk and give yourself a triple. Mm. It's subjective. It's what we think. It's what Brock thinks. What I think. There's some slight differences. There's some things that are the same. Uh, all those other categories. Congratulations to all those players, and obviously Cameron Smith. None of you listen to the show, probably, but still. Who, who knows? Who We're knows? getting almost 20,000 listeners, mate. So. Yeah, but that's our awards for the year and our teams of the year. Let us know. Give us some feedback. Obviously, our season reviews and our predictions. I think we had a great year again, Boxhead. Yeah, we did. It's been fantastic. But yeah. before we finish up now, I've got to do what I always do and go on a bit of a ramble and give some thank yous. But first and foremost, mate, I've got to thank you. And I do this every single year because this was a bit of a random idea five or six years ago that I had that I wanted yeah, to give up. Yeah, year and that I really wanted to do something after football and be involved in football and you've backed me and come on board and you listen to me every week and you listen to me every day and you bleed and you probably get sick of me and at times in general I don't shut up about football or just things in general so I've got to thank you for always supporting me Um, I couldn't do it without you honestly and then last year as well when I decided to go on a bit of a journey you floated things while I wasn't here you'd be that random guy that spoke to himself so again um, (laughs) I've got to give massive props to you mate because this whole idea and the beginning of this and for everybody out there like I said this never would have happened unless Brock would have supported me Uh, you would have been listening to me and it never would have got to this stage obviously so my biggest thanks has to go to you champion Mr. Gossett, big thank you to him. Um, he's a great bloke, and we've ended up becoming good friends with him. He's uh, a bit of a bit of a random start off, and we tried to get that segment going, I guess, and make connections with somebody. But it's turned out that not only is he just someone that helps out in the show, he's he's a good egg, Mr. Gossett. He brings uh, not only the great information for you guys, but a wit and humour. And we've had beers with him now, and met up with him a couple of times. He, he's a top fella. So big thanks to. Gossip, wherever you are out there, mate. We'll keep chasing up that Codrill and Cold Flu sponsorship for you. Mm. 
Uh, he struggles during winter. Yeah. The other thank yous you have to give, obviously, Audio Boom. They've backed us for a couple of years now. Give us free coverage. They've obviously expanded to a point now uh, where they're getting pretty big. So thank you for backing us. And Blair Hughes that brought us on board to start with. Richmond Residential, the charity sponsor, but uh, Wade from William Hill Boxhead. Obviously, the ones we really have to thank, which you started off for us. William yeah. Hill... I've uh, said it before, in more in a joking sense. People think betting corporations are evil, and they do make plenty of money, but um, what a great relationship we've had with them. It's been an absolute pleasure. They back us every year. They let us have the charity account, which is something that's obviously close to us. We've done that while we're playing, while we're at school, things like that. You're always looking to give back. So yeah. williamhill.com.au, massive sponsor the whole time we've been on the show. Um, with law changes, we obviously can't give the free bets anymore, but the fact they still... Uh, support us and let us back a charity account and back the show in general. Massively appreciate it. And again, Wade in particular uh, for giving that the approval. Uh, any guests that have been on, we had MG at the start of the year and a couple of times, Paul Kent for the grand final shows. We didn't have a whole lot more this year, more because of time and we're so busy. And obviously, again, we've got so much content that we like to think that we do a good enough job on our own uh, to fight the show. But to all those guests, I thank you. And most importantly, all the fans out there. All the fans. All the fans of the podcast, the fifth and last. You're a good part of the fifth and last team. Team. And we appreciate you. But uh, no, in all honesty, again, like when you start something like this, you, you're not sure how it's going to go or how it's going to be received or whether you're just gibbering to yourself and you have your doubts very early on. But uh, five seasons on now, the listens keep getting bigger and bigger. We have plenty of interaction. We do the absolute best we can. Like I said, we get nothing out of this. This is completely free, so... People that get a bit agitated at times, I don't understand why. Understand that we've got jobs, we've got family, we've got responsibilities we have to deal with as well. So yeah. um, this is all out of a pure love for the game, much like all of you out there, which is why we absolutely love anyone that takes the time to listen to the show, that asks us questions, that gives anything. But um, out of all the thank yous I've given, besides Boxhead is the biggest one I've got to give, it has to go to all the fans. To the because fans. without you, there's no point doing this show. Um that's it. Keep spreading the word. So, yeah, I don't want to go into too depth and get too soppy about it, but seriously, we uh, appreciate everyone's listening, your feedback, and the fact that people enjoy this as much as we do. Uh, just a couple of guys that love playing the game. We love coaching it. We love still being involved, and it's awesome that people out there appreciate our opinions and trust and believe in us and uh, back the show. And a lot of people take this as their gospel, so that's a scary thought. It is a little, yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are number one. The fifth and last doesn't happen without you. Yep. Exactly, we would have pulled the pin on it. 100%. But so, uh, in summing things up, we're going for a couple months, obviously. We'll be yeah, back we'll be for, uh, a couple of weeks beforehand with our season previews. Have like, a good Chrissy New Year, all that sort of gear, and it'll be here before you know it. Stay safe, enjoy the World Cup, and like we said before, it only takes you two seconds, and a couple of people did it, but to sign off for the rest of the year, if you've really enjoyed the show, if you've got two seconds, go to iTunes, rate and review the fifth and last podcast. And probably the last thing I've got to say before we say goodbye, uh, the companion show, we're going to have to try and tee that up at some point, maybe give that a trial run. Yeah, we might do it for the World Cup final or something like that. The game maybe companion. Maybe a little bit of a bonus and podcast. And the other one, maybe not right now, but sometime next year, I'm thinking of doing a fan day. Yeah. So we'll organise somewhere in Sydney, have a bit of an event. Man Box will go there and we'll have a couple of beers and have a schnitzel or something like that and meet up with any fans that are interested and maybe watch a couple of games at a pub. Maybe a Super Saturday or Super something. Saturday, it's got to be. And we'll get everybody uh, out and Jeez, meet up Super with Saturday, I'll get really railed. Oof, things will end up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great. But yeah, again, big thanks to all those people. Mr. Gossip, Boxhead mostly, Audio Boom, Richmond Residential, William Hill, all the guests, but the fans, you're number one. You're the reason the fifth and last exists. There's another season in the bag. Teams reviewed. Ooh. All our predictions. It's been a great year. Thank you so much. But for now, enjoy your week. And uh, I suppose you've got to wait a few weeks until you can enjoy some rugby league.
enjoy, with the World enjoy, Cup. Uh, enjoy your summer. There you go. See you next year, everybody. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.